What is up, people? And thank you so much for listening in this episode of the New Generation Hero Talk Podcast. I am your host, EJ Stewart. Today, we'll be doing our official recap review of Ant-Man and the Wasp. The movie just came out this past weekend. We saw it on Friday. We'll be giving you guys a full in-depth analysis on what we thought about the movie. We'll get into all the spoilers, all the details. So, once again, if you have not seen Ant-Man and the Wasp yet and you don't want to be spoiled, this perhaps will not be the initial podcast you want to listen to, we will still talk about news towards the back half of the show. So you want to fast forward maybe an hour or so uh, past the review part of the section, you can still listen to the podcast. But just to be clear, we're going to start the podcast talking about Ant-Man and the Wasp. Uh, we also have, again, we will have a new segment that will include some uh, pretty big details coming out about Birds of Prey. I think that's the movie that of the movies that we know we're supposed to be coming out we had the most questions about we talk about it every week it seems like margot robbie gave us a lot of details she's a producer and of course a star in that film as harley quinn so we got details on that we got some details on uh what colson and nick fury will look like in the upcoming captain marvel movie we know that uh clark Gregg and samuel jackson were cast in that movie so we'll talk about those things as well as some details regarding uh, the Nightwing Project, and uh, once again, Titans, which is, is, again, as we get closer and closer to that movie, that show coming out, we're getting more details about that as well. So, plenty of stuff to get to. Let me first introduce you to my co-host, beginning with Shamari Stewart. Shamari, what is up, dude? Uh, not much. Still hype coming off of Ant-Man and the Wasp. Uh, I thought it was, uh, well, it's a movie that I very much enjoyed, and I'm looking forward to talking to you on this podcast. All right, and uh, joining us as well uh, is Kendall Stewart. Kendall, what are you? What are you? What are you? What are you, what are you looking forward to talking about today? Well, obviously, Ant Man and the Wasp. Uh, I mean, it's a huge. I mean, it's a Marvel Studios movie, so obviously, it's going to be a big deal for us. Uh, kind of snuck up on us, you know. I like we hadn't really talked about it a whole lot coming into it, and I mean, I'd even forgot that he was coming out. It was even coming out this week. I did too. You Which know, is why I didn't talk about it <laughs> last week on the show. Yeah, exactly. So. Um, but we obviously now we've seen it, and I thought it was a good, it was a very good movie. So, uh, so I'm excited to talk about that. But a lot of interesting things DC has uh, apparently in store. So I, I'm very very interested to talk about that as well. Yeah, these DC details, I think, especially with uh, Birds of Prey, should be a lot of the discussion. So be sure to keep stay tuned for that after we do our recap. So again, this is our um. Ant-Man, the Wasp spoiler review. One last time, we are doing spoilers here. So, again, if you have not seen the movie, now is the time to fast-forward an hour or so to catch the rest of this podcast. But we're going to start now talking about Ant-Man, the Wasp. Um, so, of course, the movie directed by Peyton Reed, stars Paul Rudd, Evangeline Lilly, and Michael Douglas on another miniature adventure with a few supersized moments. The story takes place... Uh, two years after Civil War and centers around the Pym's family's quest to find Janet Van Dyne, the original Wasp, after years on the run, a strange and a strange from Scott Lang, Hope and Hank solicit Lang's help to help find uh, Janet, all while the mysterious villain Ghost and business mogul Sonny Birch uh, are, are, are prying at them. They're trying to keep those two characters at bay, along with Bill Foster, who I think was a little bit of a surprise as a, uh, or at least a surprise to me, as a also kind of third villain in this movie, kind of working hand-in-hand with Ghost. So, I want to toss it to you guys. Just a first initial reaction, Shamari. What did you make of Ant-Man and the Wasp? I liked Ant-Man and the Wasp a lot. Okay. Um, I would say I liked it. Uh, I say I liked it just as much as I liked the first 
Ant-Man. Uh, no more, no less. But I still, I still liked it a lot. Um, I, I thought the Wasp definitely stole the show, in terms of, um, just her character and her action scenes and just how cool it was seeing Wasp do things on screen, like it was just, it was just crazy to see. Um, and I thought the humor just was just on point in this movie. It's definitely. I, I thought it was just as funny as the first Ant Man. Paul Rudd was great as usual. Um, uh, Michael Douglas was great. The cast was just great yeah. all around. The cast did a spectacular job. The cast did a very good job. Um, it's just overall, it's a very well done movie. Lawrence Fishburne, did, the, the new cast did a great job. Um, so like everyone all around, um, I'm, I think all around like the movie was just very very good. So I came out of the theater feeling very positive. Kendall, what'd you make? See, I thought Ant-Man was also a very good movie. Um, or Ant-Man and the Wasp, rather. Ant-Man, was, that was obviously a good movie. But that came out, what, three, four years ago. But Ant-Man and the Wasp was also a very good movie. Um, like Shamari said, it was the, the, the comedy really hit. Um, you know, sometimes, I mean, Marvel movies, for the most part, always have good humor. But I thought this movie especially, it, it definitely had like a, a rom-com kind of feel to it. Um, I think the first one did as well, but this one I think even more so. Uh, but I, I thought, you know, Paul Rudd, like you said, was um, an extremely fun character to have in this movie. Uh, I thought that the inclusion of uh, the Wasp was well done. And I think giving uh, Kathy Lang a bigger role in this movie helped a little bit as well so there was a lot of good things in, about this movie uh we'll get more in depth into that but um i also think that we had a better story than i think the first hand man in terms of like the villain side so uh but we'll get more into that as we go along yeah i think i'll echo you guys sentiments i thought that this was a very good movie um i think i like this a little more than ant-man one I think it was because I think this is to me this movie clearly looked like a movie where the people producing, directing, acting in the movie kind of had they kind of felt, came into their own in terms of what they were trying to accomplish. Like the first Ant Man, uh, in many ways was almost like I don't want to say a test run because it was a million dollar multi multi million dollar project that they wanted to make a lot of money off of but i think because it was so different than all of the other movies that marvel had tried to do that they certainly had a lot more latitude to kind of figure out what worked and i think they figured out what worked and what didn't in here this was them kind of i don't say perfectly executing because that maybe will be a step above but um um significantly executing what they do well the ways they use the effects with the um with the, the the going small and then including going big, which is new because we didn't have that factor really in the last movie. We had it, of course, in Civil War, but this is the first time Peyton uh, uh, Peyton's getting allowed to use it here. Um, in terms of the the character interactions, you know, kind of playing off of Scott and Hank in a way in which we saw work so well in the last movie and really worked even better in this movie, especially when. Uh, you see a movie where 
Scott and, and Hope, or excuse me, Hank and Hope are so reliant on Scott in this movie, whereas in the last movie they were kind of just yelling at him and telling him to do things, where it was him actually having to help them or him having them to tell him tell them what they need to do to, in order to get things. So you kind of see Scott's advancement as a character along with uh, with their advancements as well. So I, I thought this was a, a really solid movie. I enjoyed it. I thought I agree, Shamar. I thought the humor in this one was very well done and well placed, just like the last movie. But I think the fact that this movie was able to kind of figure out what worked in the first one and then give a second crack at it, I think it helped it a lot. I think they, that's why everything they did seemed to be executed so well. Um, no, yeah, I mean, I mean, I agree. I definitely think they, they took what, um, basically what you're saying, they took what they did in the first movie with the, the shrinking and growing and they just kind of expanded it, it especially with regards to like the car scenes, like those are, oh, really, yeah. those are all really well done. Um, uh, so yeah, they definitely took advantage of that. Um, I also really, I also want to give a shout out to the new cast, like Lawrence Fishburne. Mm-hmm. And like Michelle Pfeiffer, I thought did a very good job as well. Um, and uh, and and speaking on just the villain for a second, I I, Go ahead. I liked Ghost as well. I didn't hate Ghost. I thought Ghost was probably a better villain than Darren Cross. Well, I mean that's not in, saying anything. In, in the first Ant <laughs> Man, I mean I didn't hate Yellow Jacket. I, I didn't hate, I didn't hate him either. I know a lot of people hate it. Yeah, I know a lot of people hate Yellow Jacket. I didn't hate Yellow Jacket. But Why do people hate him? To be clear, because I'm sure you're the one. Who <laughs> clearly, but I know you're not in. A, I think we're in a minority. Right, right. Most people see, hate like him. it's not even like I don't even care about Yellow Jacket enough to even hate him as a villain. Like he's just so like meh. Like he's just so I don't care. He's just your typical cookie cutter. I'm a rich evil guy that has the same exact powers as the main character. He has no depth to his character. Oh, Hank Pym screwed me over, so another, now I'm gonna another Obadiah. Exactly. Another I mean, it's Iron all the Man. same. Yeah, another Ironmonger. Uh, so basically, yeah, that's why people hate Yellow Jacket. It was nothing but a generic cookie cutter villain. Well, Ghost seemed to go a little bit beyond. Yeah, that in yeah, some ways. Ghost. Yeah, Ghost was deeper than that. Ghost was actually like had like a backstory, and they tried to. Make you understand the. It's always better when they try to make you understand what the villain is trying to do. Yeah. You know, so I thought this was. Um, so yeah, I thought I thought I liked what they did with Ghost's character. Um, How'd you feel about the the, the Bill Foster twist? I like the Bill Foster twist. <laughs> yeah. I like the Bill Foster twist. I'm glad that 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 uh, I'm glad that they did that. I thought that was cool. Um, I told EJ a couple weeks ago, I got, or not even a couple weeks ago, it was like a couple months ago, it was like a month or two ago, I got spoiled that some, somebody, I don't know if I had read this somewhere or something, I heard something about how like Goliath was like one of the best Marvel villains or something like that. I was like, what? <laughs> I was like, oh, well, I guess I, I'm expecting it. Dad. But then I told EJ, I was like, it wasn't nearly as diabolical. He wasn't nearly yeah. diabolical as I expected. Yeah, at first, when he walked out of the shadows, I'm like, dang, I was like, straight oh, up. Yeah, they, 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 they made him walk out of those shadows very diabolical. <laughs> yeah, it's exactly. it definitely a very come out of the shadows. <laughs> it was me all along. Yeah, it was like, me, Austin. Yeah. It was me all along. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I certainly would have felt like like a Scooby Doo villain. <laughs> you know? I would have got away with it too. Yeah, like it, like it actually was. Uh, uh, red. Well, actually, yeah, it was, was red herring. It was red herring. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, the Bill Foster thing. I, I, I tell you what, I give them a lot of credit and a lot, a lot of credit because it takes one. I always give you credit when 
you fool the comic book smarks that are in the movie theaters. Now, maybe those smarks read ahead like you did that he was gonna that, that was gonna happen. But if you're like me, who was trying to avoid, who always tries to avoid all spoilers at all times and didn't see anything about this movie before um, seeing at least spoiler related before seeing this movie, that was shocking. I mean, that came out of nowhere, and then you saw it, and like my first initial reaction was, okay. I want. I'm, I think I'm gonna hate this. Cause I'm like, this is Bill Foster. I mean, he's not, you know, an A-list uh, hero by any means. But like, we know who Goliath is. He's a hero. He's there's nothing about him that's villainous. So like, making him a villain was just like, what? Uh, what the hell? And then he kind of peeled the onion, and they kind of peeled the onion, you know, Bill's uh, motivations, and it, it made a lot more sense. And what I so then that's the second thing I give him credit for because one you fooled the smart and two you made the smart not get furious over you doing something radical what seemed radical at the time maybe it didn't it wasn't actually radical when you watched the movie but it seemed radical immediately uh you didn't make that smart angry initially by just saying oh you're, now you're screwing up with the cannon it was like okay no I get what they're doing here um they're kind of playing off of really Hank's past that kind of created this Bill Foster to do this and not out of pure anger or pure, you know, evil. He really did care for this girl who he felt was in many ways abandoned by Hank uh, because of his his decision to fire uh, her father, who happens to be Egghead, who's an actual villain. Egghead yeah, is his name, right? Yeah, Egghead. Yeah, uh, who's yeah, an actual a, uh... Marvel villain. Yeah, my introduction to AK came in Suicide, not Suicide, but Superhero Squad. <laughs> uh, he was a big character in that show. Um, so, so, so there was a nice little like Easter egg in, in, in no pun intended. But he didn't have a big head. He was just bald. He was just bald. He didn't have an actual <laughs> <Yeah>. egg head. <laughs> I hope that Spider-Man ever does hammerhead, that he actually does have a hammerhead. Yeah, I know, right? Not like just like a flat top fade. Yeah, <laughs> you know, right. he needs to have a real hammerhead. <laughs> but, um, but nah, so, uh, so, so they, so I give them a lot of credit for that because I thought that that was a pretty bold step to take and it could have went south easily but I think how they handled Bill Foster's nuance and I'll I'll step to I'll step with you Sham a little bit on Ghost I thought Ghost worked because of the nuance to her character I like that it was very clear that I mean she was desperate so therefore she was willing to do anything but she did nothing in the movie that really made her irredeemable which is why by the very very end we see that they're still trying to help cure her and really her only goal is to try to not die you know so when you have villains like that it kind of takes the edge and be honest i kind of think this movie needed that edge taken off of its villain um when you we just watched someone like danos who was so brutal and so vicious Uh, i don't know if i needed i mean it could have been great if you had another great vicious brutal villain but i think the fact that the villain lost a little bit of teeth in terms of their story and how they operate i think that kind of worked for this much more lighthearted film. Yeah, I agree. Um, I mean, I think that another thing about this film is how much more of like a personal story it was. It was very contained, right? Even in like the 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 whole like chase for the building, mm-hmm. it was very contained. Like the, even though in the last movie, like Cross wanted the tech and he wanted to help make an army, right? And all that stuff. And that was kind of menacing. <laughs> you know, yeah. that's kind of a world issue. That's a bigger issue that they're trying to prevent. He's trying to weaponize the technology. This one is just, okay, I want to stop myself from dying. Or I want to save um, uh, Hope. 
Yeah, Janet, Janet or Janet. Yeah, yeah. this was a completely yeah. no state. No, yeah, there was there were no, no world stakes. Yeah, yeah, no, no end stakes. of the world scenario. This was none just of that. this was super personal. Yeah, I mean the only thing that connected this to the larger world uh, was the, the, the incident. <laughs> yeah, the end, and the whole incident with with Ant Man becoming well, giant. Sokovia. Yeah, yeah, Sokovia, the Sokovia right. Accords, and Germany, and all that stuff. Yeah, uh, what would you guys be? I mean, this is very small, but I think. Since you guys brought Scooby Courts, it's probably now the time to bring him up. I thought that the agent James Wu, Jimmy Wu, was awesome. awesome yeah, awesome. yeah, he was great. I think that uh, using that kind of character and using that as the comedic relief in the film, and I think I kind of enjoyed that. Like they took the FBI and kind of made them your like uh, your like you know donut eating cops who like can't get anything right. Yeah, exactly. Which yeah. is interesting in that time and age. I don't know if that was done on purpose or if this just happened to be the. The, the, it just happened to be the, 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 the agency they decided to use randomly, but uh, I did think that that was uh, that he was actually one of my more enjoyable characters in the movie, and I hope that we see him again. I think we will. Yeah, <laughs> funny you. Uh, when they had the, the the dirty FBI guy, I was like, man, I've, I've seen a couple of dirty FBI agents. Yeah, I was like, like yeah, but, I was like uh, McCabe. I was like, this is your young McCabe right here. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, yeah, it's funny that guy. The uh, agent Wu, he's gonna, he's that's that same actor is gonna be in Aquaman too. Is he? Yeah, he's playing. I forget who he's playing. He's playing someone in Aquaman. <laughs> an Atlantean. Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, yeah, but yeah, I thought he uh, did a uh, Randall Park, I think. Yeah, Randall mm-hmm. Park. Yeah, yeah, he did. He's a, a good actor. Job. He's yeah. good in everything he's in. Um, but no, I thought that uh, in terms of Ghost, I thought Ghost was one. I I I, I liked the way they used her powers um you know it was very trippy it was very like wow like she's like all over she's like you know can't control herself um it was certainly interesting the costume was excellent they took it straight from the comic from the comics basically but um but no, i thought they did a good job with the ghost character the story i thought was better than darren cross um, cause that's, it's hard not to be better than darren cross's story <laughs> you know the the evil met the evil protege that feels, you know, hurt by his, his mentor or whatever. But, um, I, I don't know. It was interesting how, like, initially, like, obviously she's evil. Then you get the backstory and then you're like, oh, it's so sad. And then, like, but then she's, like, mad evil again. And so, like, then you don't really know. I guess you can't really root for her by the end of the movie. There's no rooting for her, obviously. But, like. Well, yeah, because she's really, really ready to sacrifice Janet. To yeah, I mean, she was gonna win, take Cassie Lang, and she was like, she was obviously she was off a rocker, um. So it was, it was it, so it was definitely strange, but uh, but obviously they made her out to be a villain. Um, they didn't they, it, it was I guess it was tough for them to win sympathy points for a character with her being so like erratic, but. I guess they weren't trying to get. They were, I, I assume they weren't trying to get sympathy points for that character, so that's where I imagine that came from. But um, overall, I thought the portrayal was gonna, was well done. That's uh, yeah, that's an interesting point about not really getting the sympathy. Cause like yeah, because they threw in the backstory as if like you're gonna like you know it's gonna tug at you, but then it doesn't tug at you you know the way she's acting, you know by the end of the movie until like. Janet comes in and helps her, and then it's like, oh, yeah, I forgot. Like, she, she was just trying to save herself type of thing. But mm-hmm. she was, like, so erratic that it was, like, 
yeah, she's got to be stopped. Like, there is no, uh, there is no second, uh, opinion, but Hmm. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I I mean, I bought it for, for most of the movie. I mean, I was like, okay, you know, so she's trying to save herself, blah, blah. And you could tell, like, like, that she was, like, I feel like the way she played the character, it, it was clear that she was also, like, there was something wrong mentally, too. You think so? Yeah, yeah. Because she was like, it was, it was clearly she was like sweating constantly. See, now the thing was, like, was they, oh, I gotta say the one thing I don't think they they played up enough was the fact that she a couple times she said she was in in a lot of pain. Yeah, which like they didn't really illustrate. I think if they would have done that, maybe I would have felt more for the character. But because of, it just felt like she was like just in a super rush. When I was like, I mean, you do have a couple weeks. Like, you can't let them do this thing, and then and then we'll wait. You know, can't wait a couple hours, right? And then you can do it or whatever. I mean, <laughs> yeah, I don't know, but uh, but no, nah, uh, but I thought again, the character was much better than Darren Cross. Um, I don't think it was one of Marvel's best villains, uh, but I mean, she's not one of the worst. We've had, I guess, 20 Marvel movies, I believe. I'd say she's probably not in the bottom 10. Uh, I think I could probably, I think. At the same time, they could probably name Tim Billings better than her. So she's somewhere in that middle range. Not terrible, but not spectacular. Yeah, I didn't think Ghost was spectacular. But I thought she was a good villain for this movie. Yeah. And like I said, I don't think this movie really needed uh, like a, a dominant villain. Again, especially yeah. coming off of Avengers Infinity War. I think it kind of, I think this kind of villain fits well. And I think when you add that villain with Bill Foster, I think it, like that and, all and, that uh, whole thing works. Sonny Birch. Then we have the Sunny Birch situation. So we'll let's, talk let's, about Sunny Birch a little bit later. Yeah, maybe we'll talk about him a little later. Uh, what were some big positives that you guys took away from this movie? I mean, for me, when I think about uh, a positive, and I think this is something that's really important moving forward in this particular movie franchise, and maybe even beyond, uh, I think Michelle Pfeiffer is an outstanding uh, Janet Van Dyne. I mean, I, I really you think so. Yes, um, I think I didn't know what to expect. I kind of I don't know why you guys. I kind of especially knowing the kind of characters Michelle has played during her career, illustrious career. I thought that we were gonna have a very unstable kind of crazy Janet when she got out of the quantum realm, and I was kind of nervous about how that was gonna look. But to see how like calming and peaceful she was, and I think when you compare that to Hank. And how the Janet and Hank dynamic has always been when things have gone well for them. Uh, it seemed to fit like a glove. Especially, it almost to me hit me harder when we got to that mid-season, when we got to that mid-season, a mid-scene, a mid-credits, uh, mid-credits scene, when they are gone, um, when it's like, you kind of see them working together and you kind of, it kind of brought back the memories that you see in any comic book, any cartoon, any movie that you've seen before with these characters. So I thought that that was um, a big reveal that we all were waiting to see how that was going to work out. And I think her limited time in the movie was great. Uh, and then I do agree with Kendall. I thought that the new uh, Wasp also was uh, really, really awesome, too. Um, she was fierce. I think the action scenes with her were outstanding. They definitely let her really shine in some of these action scenes, let her know, let everyone know that this is a uh, legitimate badass threat that can take out a room of goons at any point easily uh 
And it's, it's again, it's a growth from the hope that we saw even just a couple of years ago with Ant-Man. So, uh, I thought the Wasps in both of these movies end up being, and both characters end up being uh, two major pluses. And then uh, the comedic, uh, the comedic level or nature of the ex-con security guys, again, just those, I felt like to me, honestly, I got always excited when they came on the screen because I just knew yeah. It was gonna be awesome. Like it's crazy. Like you know how rare it is that we have like these side characters that usually you don't care about them, you don't think about them. When they come on the screen, you're not even worried. Like the Ant Man uh, franchise has made these characters like so sh- like scene stealing that you can't wait for them to show up. Uh, yeah, I tell you what. I, in the MCU, is there a better group of side characters that we've seen? I'd argue, like the Howling Commandos were nice. I mean, you know um, who's you know who's getting there. Um, well, we don't know. We only seen one movie, so we got to see what they do in the next movie. I would say the homecoming. I would say I like Ned Leeds is, and his and no Michelle. Ned, yeah, Michelle. Even Flash. even them though, they're like kind of like main. Well, Flash is the main, but Michelle is the main character. Ned Leeds, he's sort of a side character, but then um, Michelle's a main character. I wouldn't say that. Yeah, Ned Leeds is more of a character. Ned Leeds is more of a main character than Michelle is. Right, fair enough. I mean, I guess I'm just looking at like the. the I'm going with the Mary Jane I'm, sunglasses. Well, I'm thinking of like the like the the credits. I'm sure Zendaya is probably higher up, but that's more so probably like a it's more of a business thing than anything. But regardless, <laughs> I'm uh, sure that was in her contract. When yeah, <laughs> they, 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 they I want to be second on the credits when they scratch the checks. Um, no, but I even I would put them even ahead of that. I would too, but I would say they were the the first group that came to mind immediately. Yeah, um, Iron Man also crew, like uh, Happy, also like Thor's crew, Thor's new crew, Valkyrie, and and well, I don't know if Korg is still. Yeah, Korg was good. Korg yeah, was very I, I, good. The, the Ragnarok right. crew was good too. Yeah, the Ragnarok crew was really good as well. I admit, Korg was was, was unbelievable. Korg was hilarious, but I would put Ant Man probably at the top. I would have to, with like. And like I said, I would argue that those, those characters we, we named, yeah. all of them, I think, are, are higher billing than these characters. Probably. You know? Well, besides me, Luis, obviously. Well, I mean, Luis is below Paul Rudd. He's below Douglas. Yeah, like Lily. Yeah. The, whoever the villain's going to be in the movie. Yeah. Like, you get a, a good ways. You could argue he's a below Cassie Lang now. We'll get to her in yeah, a minute. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, you get a ways away before you even get to Luis's crew. Right. And they always steal the show, and they they're gonna remain a, a strong fixture in what makes these movies work. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Ant Man's. I think it's just like the nature of like how fun these movies are. That yeah. kind of helps these characters stand out so much. Yeah. Um, but yeah, all those guys did a really good job. Yeah, <laughs> Michael Pena uh, continues his uh, wonderful storytelling. Yeah, the storytelling of, of how. Uh, where Scott is mentally, yeah, exactly. completely ignoring the question of where actually Scott is yeah. and how that all played out in his reenacting of the story. It's crazy. It kind of reminded me. You know that scene kind of reminded me. It reminded me of Quicksilver, where we we saw them do something in the first movie that was like epic, and you're like they you're kind of waiting for them to do it again. But it's like, could it be that good again? Yeah, and it is that good again. Like Quicksilver, they did the exact yep. same thing with him running through the school right. while you know it's being blown up essentially yeah, seeing him in slow motion. and they did the same thing with this one and it also hit as well and those are ironically kind of they're kind of similar characters they're both kind of side characters 
Quicksilver got a little bit more of a bigger billing in the, in the last X-Men movie. But the kind of side characters who were there for that comedic appeal. And I thought that those guys hit it out the park as well. But Shamar, were there any uh, big positives that you looked at with this film? Um, One big positive. I think the obvious one is the Wasp. I mean, the Wasp stole the show. She was amazing in this movie. Um, very good acting by Evangeline. Lilly. Very good acting by Evangeline Lilly. Um, uh, let's see. Paul Rudd, of course, is great as Ant Man. He's becoming so good that it's like we don't even mention yeah, him because he's even, just he's just he's just a given. Yeah. Very consistent. He's a given. Very consistent. He's a really really good Ant Man. You know. Um, and uh, I mean, I mean, the the villains were good. Lawrence Fishburne was good as as Bill Foster. Um. Uh, and Michelle Pfeiffer was very good. I mean, you're right, EJ. So, I but I think the hero team in general really carried this. Really yeah, carried the movie. That's kind of the biggest positive for me, is the Paul Rudd, Evangeline Lilly, Michael Douglas, Michelle Pfeiffer, XCon, XCon. Like they all, yeah. like gave this movie a lot of heart and a lot of fun. Yeah, for I mean, for me, um, well, in Paul Rudd, I I feel like. I remember when he was cast, there was some question of, like, can Paul Rudd be, like, the main character as Ant-Man? Like, will it be too much of a comedy? Can, is he too one-note? But, and it has been, it's been their biggest, their most comedic series, their most comedic line of films, but it's worked, you know? Like, and I think him being Ant-Man, like, you can't take him that seriously. Like, you can't. I mean, you can, you can, and maybe it could work, but I think Marvel's realized, like, we have so many movies, we gotta have some sort of change of pace, and Ant-Man's the one character where if we're gonna make it comedic, like, people won't lose their minds, people won't be like, why, why isn't Ant- why, why aren't they taking Ant-Man seriously? Right. So, right. that was probably a good decision by Kevin Feige to have them different, similar to Guardians of the Galaxy, kind of have a little more humor in their movies, um, and that's worked for them. Uh... I thought the inclusion of Cassie Lang, or the, not the inclusion, but the, uh, the the push of Cassie Lang in this movie, I think worked. Um, I definitely feel like uh, my my whole theory on the Young Avengers being Avengers Four uh, got further smoke uh, in this movie, with them really pushing her as like wanting to be a, a hero and like wanting to be his partner. Um, you can see, like, if they fast-forwarded five, six years in Avengers 4, that, uh, she'd probably be some sort of something. Yeah, you get the impression that Cassie Lang is definitely gonna be a fixture in the Marvel Universe. The way, how much screen time she got, and how much foreshadowing there was by her wanting to be a hero. And I think that, um, I also... It felt intentional, too. It felt intentional. It didn't feel forced. It felt natural, which is a good job. And that young girl deserves a lot of credit. We talk about um, um, all the other young actors in these movies, and Fortune. Yeah, she was she was amazing in this movie. Uh, Abby Ryder Forson. Uh, I thought that she was great, and I think you know for what she is being told to do, she knocked it out of the park extremely well, and I it, to the point where like. I think I I am fully on Kendall's boat. I think that we will see a Cassie Lang who is a future hero, whether she's stature, whether she's the Wasp, whether she's Ant Woman, whoever she decides to do. Um, 
I, I expect that to be a factor at some point. I don't know how they will do it. I don't know if it'll... I think it'll be in the next movie. I don't know in what light. I'm going to kind of be sad that we don't get to see Abby do that or get to that point. I hope maybe... I mean, there's a chance that we could be doing these moves forever the way they're going. Ten years from now. Yeah, where maybe we do see that. But, I mean, it's not anytime soon. Can you really do that, though? Right, can you like, do that when you already have, when you, you, can't when you show that. a future, fir- future now, maybe version of this character? We won't get that, and then they can like maybe those reports were off, right? And then they would then. But that would be surprising if, they, if you were so off on that when you consider how much they telegraphed it. Yeah, yeah, it felt like they almost knew like people might find out about this anyway. So you know, and also they realized like if 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 those if the rumors of there being an older Kathleen in Avengers Four are true, they'll realize look that's like the next movie after Captain Marvel, so people are still gonna remember Cassie Lang's uh, heroic tendencies in Ant-Man and the Wasp from right. Ant-Man and the Wasp and Shamari I feel like of all the things to telegraph this is the one that hurts you the least if you're Marvel because I look at it and you know you know us getting us sitting around doing this podcast the people that would listen to this podcast are following this stuff we're looking at this stuff and say okay this is definitely a tell that Cassie Lang's gonna have a, a bright future in the Marvel Universe moving forward but I think your general audience people aren't really looking at it that way. Do you, do you agree with that? I feel like people who are watching the movie are just saying, oh, this is a very heroic young girl, and that when they see uh, Avengers 4, and she is a factor in being a hero in the future, that it won't nearly be as... It will be, still be drawing to me. It will still be like, wow, they really went for it, or who is this girl even? They have to kind of remember. Yeah I, yeah, I definitely think you're right about that. I mean, I think all the kind of things, the... The lines that are like implying that Cassie Lang is going to be a hero at some point. I feel that like a lot of that is like stuff for the fans, so for the hardcore fans. Yeah. Who like say after they see her as a hero can look back at the movies and say, "Oh, remember that in, the, in that movie? That's kind of foreshadowing to this." So, so yeah, I do think I, I agree with you guys. I think at some point she's gonna be a hero in one of these movies. I just do not know when. Though I'm with you, EJ, in that it seems like like why would you foreshadow it this early? Right, you're exactly. planning this 10 for this years. girl who's like nine. Yeah, for this girl, you know, <laughs> you know? Like that's that's weird. You know, I, I don't know about that. So, so yeah, so that's very uh, yeah. I don't know. That's 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 really telling. Uh, before we get to the negatives, one thing I kind of like too. It's very small, but I kind of really enjoyed that the relationship between Scott and. His ex-wife and her new husband is much better. It's such a obvious, it's such a bad movie trope where it's like, oh, I hate the, my wife's new husband and he hates me and there's a whole thing. And they kind of did it in the first movie. I kind of didn't like it in the first movie. I'm kind of like, oh, God, I've seen this trope in like literally every movie where there's a character who's divorced or separated. Um, and, and to me, the fact that they didn't go with that same trope in this movie I thought showed that they were willing to think outside the box, and I think they it was actually a good um, story building point for them to kind of show that Scott <clears throat> has been going the straight and narrow for the last two years or and change. Therefore, his wife and his or his ex wife and his ex wife's new husband and his kid they're all on good terms because he's been a good father, good citizen for the last two years. And the fact that you saw that and them even kind of going to bat for him when the FBI came being like, leave him alone. He's trying to be right and stuff. And like it kind of added 
it added to the humor when you realize that he was like running around in Ant Man while they were trying to defend him. But I think it also kind of like went away from that lame trope all the time of like, oh, the husband, ex husband's got to hate the wife and the new husband. Like, I'm glad they went away from that. And they actually went with a route that I thought was uh, much more fun to watch on screen. Yeah, that was kind of annoying in the first Ant Man movie. Um, I mean, I didn't hate it. It's I mean, not I something they I, hate. It's just it's just lame. It's just lame. It's just something you see all the time. Yeah, it's kind yeah. of a, it's and it's just kind of annoying. But like, it's certainly a, a rom com thing. Yeah, but um, but yeah, I agree. I liked him much better in this one that his family was like supporting him. In the last movie, his only support system was his friends. Right. But this one, and his family daughter, was yeah. big. Yeah, and his daughter. This one, it was like the whole family was supporting him. So that was nice to see. Yeah. So it was a little small thing in the movie, but it was something that I thought. I really, really liked. Because um, I also think that whereas the last movie you tend to want to antagonize, like, they, they, you well, you grow not to like his wife and his, his ex-wife and her husband when they're not really bad people, but, like, just the way they pitted them against him, even though he was not a great person, it still made you not root for them. Whereas here, you're kind of rooting for everyone who you should. That's kind of how the movie should work. It didn't work that way in the first one. I like that they changed that in this movie. I I noticed that uh, none of you guys have said, uh, in terms of the positives, uh, anything about Sonny Birch. Let's get to the negatives, <laughs> Kendall, as you mentioned, Mr. Sonny Birch. Uh, Kendall, I think that is something that clearly you were not, not crazy about. Not a huge fan of Sonny Birch. Uh, I mean, I, I was watching the movie and just like, the first scene, I was like, all right, this is whatever. When he when I realized he was gonna be a main he was gonna be a reoccurring character throughout the movie I was like rolling my eyes, you know it's that's really a you want to talk about tropes like I feel like that whole like second villain that just wants to pop in and mess up the mess up the protagonist however much they can is becoming annoying you know like anybody that's seen. Anybody that's listening to this show has probably seen Solo. You know, I know it's more in the Imperial broadcast lane. Um, but if you if you've listened to me and Shamari's solo review, you know that I'm not a huge fan of the Enfys Nest character from that movie. And Sonny Birch has a very similar type of Enfys Nest feel where it's just like you're just in the movie just to mess things up and you have no real story and I don't know. Just, just no reason for Sonny Birch to be there. He didn't have to be in the movie, and the movie would have been nearly the exact same thing. Um, just wasted plot. I mean, a couple of funny scenes with his crew and the ex-con crew, but other than that, um, he had no, he had nothing to this movie. Um, I didn't hate Sonny Birch probably as much as you guys did. I guess. I mean, I thought he was, I thought he serv- he was serviceable. I didn't think he was great at all. Right, but. You know, I thought he was just an, he was just an added villain. You know, kind of your you know mustache twirling, dick dastardly. You know, whatever. Just, you know, <laughs> like dastardly. Yeah, it's just, a good, a crazy yeah, reference. You know, there. but he's just there to mess mess things up. <laughs> shout know, out, just, sh- shout out to the Generation Xers and Baby Boomers. Who know that reference. <laughs> but yeah, you know, he's just like there to mess things up, there to cause trouble. I'm here to get my my loot. I'm gonna get this lab and start a billion dollar yeah. business, and you know it's like all right, fine, you know, like whatever. Yeah. So he was just there to serve a purpose, you know, there to add some villains for Wasp and Ant Man to knock around. So I didn't mind it. Um, I actually don't think I minded as much as you guys think I did either. I, I, here's the thing about Birch. To me, he I I don't know. I could be wrong. 
the way I took him, he obviously wasn't supposed to be taken seriously to me. So therefore, I couldn't hate him because I looked at him like this guy is a joke. Like he's an obvious joke. And had I looked at him any differently, I probably would hate him the way Kendall does. I just, from the minute he started talking, I didn't take him seriously. Like, and that's why the first scene I was fine with. Well, the first kept bringing him back. And to be honest, I was was about to say, like, in the first scene, like, I didn't think he'd go beyond the first scene. I was kind of surprised he lasted the entire movie. And I could, I could see what Kendall was saying, where it's like that kind of character being in the whole movie and like being a factor. He wasn't like just oh, like I'm not doing it. Like he was, it was basically a three person race for these pieces of the lab or the entire lab um for the entire movie birch was a part of it he inserted himself in several times where it looked like he may get away even though you know he's not gonna get away but um but he was a factor he wasn't just nobody in the movie so we have that kind of obvious lame character that you throw in does it hurt the movie Uh, again to me because the movie is is so it's so heavily based on comedy that like even just the way he talks the way he carries himself i i just i looked at it and it was funny to me I, i i maybe I'm giving them way too much credit, but because I couldn't take him serious from the jump, every time he was on screen, I really didn't, I couldn't hate him, I'm like, this guy is a joke, and, like, he's not gonna come away with it, why does he think he's gonna come away with it? Like, I, I don't know, I just look at it, I'm like, have, I mean, comparing it to other Marvel movies, have we had, a, a, like, a third villain that was, like, a complete throwaway joke that, like, lasted the entire movie? I mean, I can't think of another one. Um... I can't think. Or of a second villain, rather. I mean, third, the Mandarin was a joke, was but he didn't start it like a joke. Yeah, but. that was yeah, that was more of a misdirection, right? Um, which we haven't seen really since that. Uh, I mean, I guess. And like you said, he wasn't for the movie. entire movie. Like once he, you, once yeah, he's they, out of the picture. Once they made the reveal, he was out of the picture. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I think. I mean, other people might not feel this way, but I kind of felt similarly-ish about Yandu in the first Guardians. And I, when I was just like, Yondu in the first I like, Guardians. I was like, this guy's a interesting. Little, I'm like, this guy's a little weird. Yeah, um, I was not a fan of Yondu. And he was I, just there the whole second movie. Yeah, <laughs> I think I would. I think I would agree with Sham. The other, the other name. This guy wasn't in the entire movie, but um, I guess both movies he was in. Uh, Ulysses Claw also kind of was. Well, it wasn't in the entire movie of either yeah, of the two movies he was in. Movie, yeah. He was more like half of Black Panther and like I mean a quarter of. Age of Ultron, but like it's another kind of clown character. Yeah, that you threw in. You, I liked him a lot better than Black Panther. But Claw, because Claw was like killing people, so you yeah. took him more seriously. Yeah. yeah, or at least he tried to kill people. Yeah, and he actually like stole vibranium. And, stuff. and he, like he yeah. was like he was successful. Yeah, like the Birch is not successful in almost anything he does in this movie. Right, right. So, but I get your I get your point on both of them. I think those are both good names that I would probably compare him to. Yondu in the first one, and Claw in. Age of Ultron and Black Panther to some degree, but I feel like he fails where Claw was successful. And like, like you said, Claw had real like motive. He had real like you know heat to what he, he had, was doing. He had a real threat. He, I he mean, was it, real was threat. Kind, it was kind of like in you know as you anyone listens to the show, there are recurring themes in the show. And of course, we were wrestling fans on the show, and to me, it's kind of like when you when you build up a heel character, like they built up Claw through all the talk. Of you know, you know the the people in Wakanda, you know uh, Wakabi and and T'Challa saying, "Yo, we got to get him." Wakabi, yeah, exactly. you know, he killed my father, and you know, he's right. been a thorn. He's been thorn inside of Wakanda yeah. for years. Or in Age of Ultron, they're talking about this guy Claw has been you know wreaking havoc for years. 
um, you build up who he is. And even though you see who he is and he's a caricature, he's still, you know he's still a threat and dangerous. Yeah. In wrestling, it's like the same thing when you talk up a character, you build up a character. Um, You give them more clout, so to speak. You know, for young kids who you know, for, to speak on their level, right. like um, so, like Sonny Birch really should have been. Like, Birch never got that. He just shows up out of nowhere, and he is who he is. He really should have been like more like a Baron von Strucker, you know, like Batrock the Leaper type. You know, we get him in and we get him out after one or two scenes. But like, all right, you know, you throw away some Easter egg Marvel villain that like, you know, Wasp can can smack around for five minutes and then. We don't see him, but they kept bringing him back. And he didn't really add much to the movie, besides like, a little bit of comic relief. I guarantee you, Birch will be back in the next movie. Bold mm. prediction, I guess. But I mean, he's, a, yeah, he he's might, alive. Yeah, he might. So, I wouldn't or, put I it mean, past more than a cameo. I, mean, I don't know. It, may, it probably it might, just, away, it might just be a cameo, <laughs> but I think that he will be... I think the fact that they used him this much and the fact that they kept him alive... Suggest that he'll be he'll be returning in some way. Yeah. Nobody died in this movie, I believe. Oh, uh, well, we didn't get the the after credit scene or the mid credit yeah, scene. Everyone died. <laughs> <laughs> um, any ne- other negative Shamari that you could think of that uh, that did not work for you in this movie? Um, let me see. Any negatives? I mean, I think it's kind of a double-edged sword. I think I mentioned this before, but I think the lack of stakes didn't help this movie. Mm. I think in having seen a few things in what other people have said, and something for me as well, is that because this was so contained, it felt stakesless. I mean, the stakes were, were very personal. The in stakes nature. were low. They, they were, were they low. were low stakes. I realized like, that when they I was were watching one the of the lowest stakes maybe. In they the were very movie. very low stakes. Like they, you know. Like if Ghost got the lab, and I mean, it, it's not like she wants to destroy the world. She just wants to save herself. Exactly. You know. So now, what I will well. say about that um, is when I think about the timeline, if it's really close to Infinity War, I don't know if I want like you know Dormammu wreaking havoc while Thanos is wreaking havoc. <laughs> you know what right. I mean? Like it's kind of the issue we had with Asian, not issue we had, but it's kind of like the Agents of Shield thing. Right, it's exactly. Like, it was like how like is this Thanos just letting this dude eat? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> he's letting this dude eat in Chicago while he's wrecking everything else. Like, yeah, like, why don't yeah, Thanos right. squash this dude? Exactly. So like that that would be my only thing is that like you kind of have to keep it stakeless if we're gonna go by that Infinity War timeline of like yeah, like nothing's like something crazy's happening all the way over there, but like. You know, the Avengers don't care about what's happening in San Francisco because it's very much nothing. Part of me also oh. wants... Yeah, go ahead, Shmar. Um Well, I was going to go to a different negative, so if okay. you want to make a point. Yeah, just first. one point on this quickly. Part of me wonders, for those who may agree with Sham's take, uh, it didn't bother me as much, but I think it leads to the point I'm going to make, is that part of me wonders if they overestimated how much we were invested in them getting Janet back. In terms of uh, the large audience of people watching this movie, because I think for me the reason why that didn't bother me as much is that, like to me they ha- like they had to get Janet back. Like I'm like to me that is, it's not high high stakes, but for anyone who follows anything involving Ant Man, getting Janet back was the once that became an option, it was the only story that had to be told. So the, it that like didn't bother me as much. Um, I will tell you what bothered me in a second, but I want you to get to your second 
negative because it does link to that. I, the only thing, though, I think the problem with that, I agree, but they didn't do a whole lot of building up. Which is why, character. which is why I I asked that question. Yeah, like so, like people might not realize, right? Or even if you do realize, like I'm sure, like like Shamari obviously is very familiar with the Wasp character. We're all familiar with the Wasp character, but it may not hit you, or you, the gravity the gravity of the situation might not hit you as much because we haven't really seen it. It, it might not. He didn't been... even show up in the first one, besides one you know cameo scene. So like maybe had they put her in the first one, maybe we would have felt that a little more. It would have been a bigger deal. But besides some hints. And it might not have been, like, the best storytelling. Like, right. maybe they wanted us to feel that, but they, they didn't really earn it from what they did in, in Ant-Man 1, so to speak. And I would agree. Even though I, it didn't bother me, I would agree that they didn't earn that necessarily because the Ant, the Wasp storyline was, like, almost like Easter egg-ish to where, like, you kind of had to, like, really think, oh, like, they can get the Wasp back. Like and then they kind of do it at the end of the very very end of the mid after credit scene or mid credit scene, hinting that they could try to get the watch back maybe. But it's such a like I like really far away from the spectrum of the storyline thing that like you don't really I don't know if you really feel that whole they got to get Janet back thing unless you're a super super smart. Like I, I wonder if a lot of people watch this movie and just thought this is just them trying to get their this guy's wife back. Like. Who we never were introduced to. I, I wonder if they kind of assumed too much of the audience that people would be that invested in that. Uh, that's a very valid, I think it's a very valid question, even for someone like myself who didn't bother me as much because it's Janet Van Dyne. Uh, you're telling me the stories to get back the original Wasp, I'm invested. Doesn't right. matter, you know. But did they earn it? I don't know if they did. Right. Yeah, that's fair. Um, but yeah, so, but going into my second negative um i think one thing that isn't also isn't as good is i think they showed most of the big action sequences in the trailers like most if not all of them yeah Yeah. and i think that that was another another uh issue i'll be honest i didn't follow the ant-man i mean i've seen all the trailers probably but i didn't follow like the ant the promotion wasn't that out there yeah i wish i felt like they didn't they probably felt they didn't need to because of infinity war like infinity war was a that was promotion in and of itself for any Marvel movie going forward. But um, I also like, so I I don't know. I don't even, I can't really remember. Like the only thing I remember from the Ant Man trailer wasn't there the one scene. It was one scene. One scene. That I don't even know if it was, it was in the movie um, where like they were fighting each other and you know, or they were fighting somebody and you know, Rudd was like. Like, I'll go high, you go low, and she's like, I have wings. I don't know if that was even in the movie. Yeah, that wasn't in the movie. Yeah, so they cut that out, which I thought was a funny line from the trailers. Mm-hmm. But other than that, like, yeah, I don't remember too much from the trailer. The Hello Kitty okay. thing was in the trailer, but I don't know. Yeah, the Hello Kitty thing and the one with him stopping. I mean, there were a couple of them that I, I think I see you on that, Sham. Like, I think she, I kind of am with Kendall that I didn't, like, I watched the Avengers Infinity War trailers. 40 plus times. Yeah, probably. yeah, probably 40 plus times. I would say that's probably an accurate number. I probably watched the Ant Man and Wasp trailers five times each at, at the most. Like, I like those other trailers I've watched over and over and over and over and over again. Still so watching I, them. I, yeah. <laughs> so I, I know everything that was in those trailers from back of my, like the back of my hand. I don't remember those Ant Man and the Wasp trailers that much, so it wasn't as uh, obvious. What was the movie that, that happened recently where, like, everything was in the trailer? Was it BVS? 
Someone I can think of. Um, Justice League, I believe, right? No, Justice League, nothing was in the trailer. No, <laughs> Remember? Yeah, they well, did the true. opposite. Yeah, it was very yeah. weird. Not Justice League. Um, I forgot. I, maybe it was BVS. I don't remember the movie I can think of. There was one where we lamented them greatly for not for putting way too much stuff well, in the trailer. Remember Suicide Squad? had like three trailers. And like by the end, it was like, why are oh, we getting Oh, it was trailer? Suicide Squad. I think it was Suicide Squad. <laughs> Comic-Con was like yeah. a month before the movie came yeah, out. Yeah, it was just everything was in the trailer and you didn't have to watch the movie. Oh, man. That was bad. So, like, I don't think it was that bad, but I, I, I see Shamari's point on that. Uh, But, yeah, that's, that's where my negatives end. I mean, uh, everything else... I either enjoyed or just didn't mind. For me, I think a big negative I would have is I think that the climax is very ho-hum. I thought, like, the way they kind of fought Ghost and the misdirect was cool and how that all worked out was, was, was well done. And then how she ended up getting it back. I thought it was great if it was, like, the middle of the movie. Yeah. But the fact that, like, they basically just, like, stop her. And then just Janet comes through the thing. I was kind of like, really? This is this is this is the end of the movie. Like this is the end of the movie. Yeah. And then I thought when Hank was like gone, I was like, well, did he come back? Or I thought he was dead for a second. For a second, I was like, I thought it was gonna be like the same thing that happened with Hank going to her saying like, oh, he's not, he's gone. I thought like she was gonna go to Hope and be like, yeah, he didn't make it. But then, like, she was too happy. I'm like, all right. So Especially with the way, like, with the, yeah, yeah, that was weird. I thought that might be yeah. weird because how happy she was. But the way, like. The um, parallel both situations. And because, like, it, there was an obvious, like, where, like, first Ghost was using the power. And then they had it. And then yeah. she had it. So I thought maybe because of that, that like, tugging that was happening, that maybe there was some kind of damage that may have set Hank off. I thought, like, maybe he sacrificed himself in the way that. I thought, literally, in my head, I'm thinking, I'm like, oh, so, like. He's going to sacrifice himself the way he did not back in the day, the way Janet did. Mm-hmm. And she's going to be the one to make it. And he didn't. And, you know, because remember, she was, like, getting all messed up. And I thought, like, oh, maybe he did something. I, I mean, I didn't know what he was going to do. But then when he came out, I was like, oh, you know, was, he's yeah. still good. You and know? it was like a funny. Like, Washington gif. You know, like, oh, man, he made it. <laughs> okay. And it was a funny scene. And, like, it worked well. It wasn't yeah. bad. But I think, like, it all just happened way too easily. Like, the, like Janet never seemed in that much danger only one time she's like slowly being torn apart. We're like, oh my god! But it was like so short, and then they get it back, and then she they just come through, and it's easy. And then Ghost gets up, and she's like, oh, don't worry, Ghost. And she fixes Ghost. You're yeah. fine. And <laughs> touch your head, and you're fine. And I'm like, so that's it. We also, I felt like uh, I felt like uh, what's the name? Anthony Mackie, uh, in in uh, in Civil War. Like just like that. Now we all. <laughs> <laughs> I thought I felt like fucking. Yeah. what's the name? Uh, after uh, after. Uh, Bucky, you know, got off his uh his crazy Hydra uh trance that he was in. He's like, just like that now, we all cool. Like that's yeah. how I felt after watching this movie. The also what I will say is when you talk about the climax of the movie, um one thing that I felt that worked when you know Shamari talks and a lot of people talk about there weren't that many stakes. The one thing that I felt did add stakes was the whole idea of Scott being on house arrest but being outside of his house. Oh, that's right. like having yeah, that's to get true. back, like if he gets caught, like, he's got 20 years in prison. So, like, he's got to get back or he's got to... They all have to, like, you know, be low-key about this. And there were times where, like, you know, it looked like, oh, maybe he might get caught, you know. So I thought that that was yeah. one thing that they tried to add to throw in some sort of stakes of, like, look, if you care anything about Ant-Man, you know, being an Avenger or his status and being able to see his kids, his kid and stuff, like, you know... Yeah. They definitely try to throw that in there. I feel like them making the FBI such a joke 
And yeah, they're, it, they're it, making it, ghosts like the main right. threat. Yeah, kind they were incompetent. That. Yeah. <laughs> so I kind of assumed, like watching the movie, I assumed once he became Giant Man that that was going to be their evidence to be like, oh, you're done. Yeah. Because like everyone was seeing him, and they like made it a point to like show that like everyone was seeing him. People had their yeah. cameras out. He was on TV. Obviously, he made a very big scene. Uh, you know, in the bay. Yeah. So why didn't they go straight to his house? I don't like they're bumbling idiots. I think that's like that's, that's like that's honestly I think that's supposed to be your takeaway. Is yeah. that they're like they're your typical like mall cops. Like yeah. they're awful. Yeah. Um which is just a very fascinating take on the FBI again in these times for me. But I think that's kinda what the take's supposed to be, that these guys are bumbling idiots and like they don't do anything right. Because there were so many times where I'm like, Okay, they should just be at his house like now. Like what are they waiting for? Like why are they going to the forest before going to his house? Like there were all these different things they were doing that obviously were stupid. But because, again, the comedy element, and because I think you're supposed to take them as, like, these guys are just, like, buffoons. That, like, it worked. And then the fact that, like, even at the end, when you see him playing his guitar, playing the the, the, rock, the rock band uh, drum set, set. Yeah. I'm kind of thinking, like, oh, they're not going to fall for this. Like, he's definitely still going to go to jail. And then they were just like, we can't prove it. Damn it. You're free. And I'm like, what? Really? I felt happy for him, but I was just like, Wow, these guys are terrible. But it it wasn't like terrible in that oh this is a bad movie thing. It was more like, wow, they're trying to really point that these guys are, are really bad at their jobs, which kind of makes sense. This guy has been like doing these kind of heists and stuff for all these years, and he's been getting one on one over on federal investigators for all these years. It makes sense that they would be terrible, right? Um, I guess we're at the point where we do final uh, uh final grades for this movie. So I give it to you, Kendall, first. What do you give uh, Ant Man and the Wasp? Hmm. Oh wait, wait, whoa, whoa! Before we get to that, we gotta talk about the mid credit scene in right. depth. Fair Sorry, enough. Yeah. Forgot about that. Um, what do we make of that? I mean, I, I, I thought I, I'm gonna say I make a bold statement. Besides the first Iron Man, that was the best mid or after credit scene Marvel has ever done. I think that's too bold. Too bold. Too bold. What about that, the one with they, Thanos? They were when, he, a moment. when Thanos gets the glove, he's like. I'll do it myself. That was a good one. I was one. like, whoa. That was a good one. Was a good <laughs> good one. I, I don't that know if that was, like, was Mount Rushmore, but that was a good one. That was a good one. That was Age of Ultron? Uh, was it? I think it might have been. I don't After, remember. After like, Ultron mm-hmm. Lost? Or was, that, was, it no, Gar- I think that was that Guardians? Avengers, I that might have been the first one. Oh, Avengers. that was Avengers? Avengers, yeah. Because Yeah, loses. yeah, I think you're right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that, was, oh, that was crazy, yo. That was crazy. That was crazy. That's one that I'll never forget. Yeah, that was crazy. Yeah. But I'm going to put this one ahead of that. What what other ones are you kind of saying is a bold statement? So it means there are many that would be better than this. Uh, I mean, I mean, I, mean, I got to think about it now. Here's I mean, here's the ones I thought about. Yeah, right? give, me, I, yeah give me the I, list. I thought about this all day. Yeah, so I haven't thought about this at all. These are the thing, the, the scenes that to me stand out as would be in the same class as this scene. Where of course, if you did not, of course, you should have seen the movie. And by now, if you're still listening to this podcast, uh, where uh, Scott goes into the quantum realm um, with Janet and Hope and Hank's help and they're supposed to be able to help him take him out. And when he doesn't hear a response to them after going in, we go back to a scene of them withered away into dust. Uh, I have goosebumps even saying it. Because, again, seeing that scene was just crazy to me. Uh, but in terms of the other mid credit scenes that I think fit, one, I'm not including whatever that thing was after First Avenger. That Fair does, enough. That does not count. Yeah, that's, that's a scissor that, reel. That's trailer. not. Yeah, that's that's a trailer. That's not a, a after credit scene. I'm talking about <laughs> that one was scene. crazy. I was like, yo, <laughs> Iron Man one goat. 
Nick Fury comes out talking about Avengers. Oh uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. At that's that fair. time, that's that's crazy. Transcended. That's transcended. That that's started what we have. That's easily still the best. But, um, I think I, an Incredible Hulk, Tony Stark. That was up. wild, yo. I mean that. I mean that was crazy. You didn't know the movies were connected. This yeah. is Universal. Tony Stark shows up. You're like, what the hell's going on? Yeah. Like so, that's in the same class. Um, I I put the Thanos thing up there, but I don't think it's that great. I wouldn't say it's better than that. This. Really? I wouldn't say it's. See, I didn't this. lose my mind. I saw that. I was it, like, was, Yo, Thanos, it was. It was. Yo, Thanos is coming. It was. It was dope, but yeah. it wasn't like, oh my god, like this is crazy. Like it was dope, but I don't think it was better than this. Um. Let's see what else is there. Uh, I don't know. I think that those are like honestly. The, I think those are two also of the, the Infinity best. War one. Yeah, the, yeah. The Thanos one was Age of Ultron. That was Age. Of that Ultron. was Age of Ultron. Okay. okay. I was wondering. I was like, what was Age of Ultron post credit? <laughs> okay. I don't remember what the Avengers one was. I mean, there's. There, I mean, the Infinity War one. Was oh, the Infinity Cap- Captain Marvel. The Avengers one. There was the shawarma scene. Yeah. People- I think, was that the only one? The Avengers post credit where they were in the shawarma. The Schwarmer House. I don't know. I don't know. I know they, that was definitely one of them, obviously. I don't know if there were two. You know, a lot of times Marvel nowadays, they have two. But um, we had, uh, what was the one where we had Quicksilver and Scarlet Witch? That one at the time was crazy. Yeah, that was it, crazy. That, that was, was Guardians, right? Was that Guardians? Yeah, I think it? it was Guardians 1. That's and, a good one. You know, I remember at the time I was losing my mind. I was like, well, what? <laughs> but, you know, it, see, some of this stuff, like, you you know when you get out of when you see the end result you're like yeah I tell you what Thor Thor with Eric Selvig being taken over by Loki that wasn't any that was that one was kind of weird I don't that, know that I, one was I thought that one was good I mean yeah. that was like wow that's but see that was another one the Wasp in the first after the first Ant Man that was cool that was really cool um there's the wait Adam, what what happened in the first after the first Ant Man the Wasp and when they teased the Wasp they showed oh the you costume. know you know what's my favorite besides I don't even remember that you one. know yeah you, you don't remember that no. Where yeah, they showed the costume. A- oh, you mean yeah. I, I'm talking about Janet? Yeah, Hank Pym. Yeah, yeah, that was cool. Uh, I think the best one for me outside of Nick Fury was uh, Civil War when we got Wakanda. We saw the Panther statue. Yeah, that was pretty crazy. That was the best uh, one. Do you think that was the best I got one chilled. ever? I got chills. I, I still remember that man. We like let them try, <laughs> and they showed the Panther costume with the music. Oh man, I lost it. And then we also got the Spider Man one where he oh yeah, showed a yeah, logo. That was, that was cool, cool. but. Yeah, I can't the say Black that. Panther one, I was like literally. It like, was yo. dope. I'm not. I'm not I watched gonna... that one like eight, eight, nine times, man. I don't think it was better than this. Um, it didn't have the stakes, but I will. That... I would put it in that class of one of the best ones. Yeah, it didn't have the stakes that this one has. Uh, I mean, but there's, there's also the Black Panther one with uh, Bucky and Shuri. Oh, the White Wolf and stuff. Yeah, White, White Wolf. Yeah. It's good. Not, not, um, not groundbreaking, but good. Uh, I'm, I'm looking at the list now. Yeah, did you see like a ranking or anything? I've not seen a ranking. I'm just seeing the list of them in chronological order. Is the Adam? Are there any? Are there any standouts that we didn't mention? Oh, it's the Adam Warlock. Adam Warlock, decent. Decent. Not, not, not. I don't think that's like groundbreaking. Um, let's see. I don't know. I think that Captain I mean, Marvel, we can't forget about that one too. I, that's yeah, that's why uh, I Shamari mentioned that. Shamari mentioned you I'm like, yo, Captain Marvel. <laughs> can't forget about Captain yeah, Marvel. That was crazy. That was pretty, that, that was pretty crazy. <laughs> yeah, man. See, I don't want to overreact. You know what I mean? I said it's one of the best. I you said, said it was the best. Second, I said the second best behind Iron Man. 
See, I would I'm say it's the, like I'm putting the second best behind me. I'm standing behind that. I put it like out yeah, of six or seven. I don't know. Six or seven? Where are you putting that scene? Oh, like three, three or four. Okay, so Jamari thinks it's one of the best. Like I would say, what are you putting ahead of that besides Iron Man? We all agree Iron Man is Iron Man. Yeah. Do we agree that's the best? By the way. Yeah. I'd say it's. I mean, I love the Black Panther one, but Iron Man obviously the the, the gravitas of the situation. Obviously, I think Iron Man. Is. Okay, yeah. so what were the I other? Mean, Iron Man and Thanos for me are definitely okay. ahead of it. For me, I would at have least, at the very least, and then maybe maybe the Captain Marvel, as well. Yeah, um, I'd have the Captain Marvel. What I'd makes have the, the Cap- Panther statue? What makes the Captain Marvel and this one I think work so well is because of how well they were set up. Like that's why I like this one so much. I think like we can talk about impact, but I think in terms of just execution, I don't know if there's been a mid credit scene done better because. Yeah. With similar to to, to, to in our Infinity War, you set this up because of what happened in Infinity in the Infinity War movie. But when you see it in a different movie, it's different than the Captain Marvel one because when you see it in something that's not Infinity War and a movie that's only feel good, only happy, joy, joy, you know, kind of a feel, and it just it like it's just a gut punch because you see these people that you like are happy that they're finally reunited completely disappear and. I mean, to me, it just it hit me completely out of nowhere. I, I know some people may have expected it. I did not expect that at all. Do you guys uh, think well, that... Well, what are you going to say? Well, I was going to say, the Avengers... Yeah, the Avengers had two. One of them was Shwarma. That was the post-post-credit scene. But the mid-credit scene was Thanos, where we see his face. And he, like, grins at the... He, like, grins at the Yeah, screen. he says something about how they, they're courting death or something like that. Um, But beyond that, we, we also had Thor's hammer in Iron Man 2. Which was kind of crazy. Oh, yeah, yeah, I remember that one. You know, because that was before we even got in Thor. We were like, oh, snap, what? Yeah. Uh, Yeah, I don't know. I see, I see, I see, I I got a list of like the top like 23, somebody ranked, you know. Um, But I don't know. Some people also like the the baby group one from Guardians. (laughs) I mean, that was certainly a funny one. Oh, and quick, also the by the way, the Quicksilver and Captain America, Quicksilver and Scarlet Witch one was Winter, Winter Soldier. Yeah, Winter Soldier. Mm-hmm. Uh, also, the Winter, another Winter Soldier one was the one with Bucky. Yeah, Bucky in the thing. in Civil War. Yeah, that, that one was, was also yeah, kind of cool crazy. too. I like that one. You know, I was like, yo, what? what? But that was that that one. I think had more to do with like our hype going into Civil War yeah, exactly. than it was like that scene being great. Yeah, and I kind of feel like this scene is sort of similar, where like it was done well. But I think a lot of it is off of Infinity War, which is why, like, one, it, for me, it wasn't that surprising, um, only because I, I, I don't know, I just felt like uh, once, like, you knew there would have to be an Infinity War tie-in, you know, because I feel like it would be a disservice if this movie didn't tie in. But did Infinity you think War it was going to be so They well, it did it well. They did it well done. <laughs> you know, it, it, did it, done, it was done well, but, um, and I don't know, I guess... Similar to Infinity War, those things... I mean, the Infinity War things hit me because of the way they did it. But now that we've had so much time to digest Infinity War, like, it doesn't hit me as hard because, like, I feel like we know they're coming back. Like, you don't bring back Janet to have her dead for the next ten years, you know what I mean? So, like, I guess for me, I'm like, dang, that's a shame. I guess we'll have to see what happens in Infinity War. Two. Yeah, or Avengers 4. Whatever it's called. Avengers 4, yeah. Part (laughs) 2. And uh, Endgame. Yes. Yeah, Endgame. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> you already got it. Um, 
but yeah, man. Um, oh, what do you got? What do you guys think is up with the? Do you guys think Ant Man is going to do anything with that quantum energy that he collected? You think that's going to be relevant? The healing stuff. Oh, yeah, that healing stuff. Oh, uh, is, that, is that going to be utilized by someone else, like Captain Marvel or something? I didn't think about that. Pro- probably. It's kind of unfortunate. I mean, I mean, it's, got sh- it. it's shown that Janet has immense powers because of that. Like, yeah, I mean, exactly. I don't know if she has any more because now she's sending Sot in there, so maybe she it wore off at a certain point. But I mean, that's why I was very excited about Janet moving forward because like if these are her like powers now. Like, I mean, the sky's the limit of what she could do at this point. But yeah, I'm kind of interested to see if they make her too broken. Like, what, what's going to be the deal with that? You know, yeah, super wasp. But like, you know, <laughs> but that's, like to me, that's like, she's going to be like, one of the most powerful characters in the MCU. But that's the thing. Like to me, like like you don't need two wasps so why not make janet whatever you want yeah uh and just Quantum you know woman. keep and just, <laughs> and just keep her to have the same you know ideals and personality that she has uh but i don't know good question i, I think that it will they seem to make a big deal out of the quantum energy yeah being extremely powerful we saw that so i would expect that to be a factor for maybe even in infinity war or avengers 4 yeah, we keep doing the same thing. Yes, in the next Avengers movie, which is Avengers 4. Let's do the scores now. Kendall, what do you got out of 10? Uh, what does Ant-Man get? I'll go uh, 8 out of 10. I'm going to go 8 out of 10. I think it was a... Uh, that's pretty much like a solid movie with very little uh, negatives. Uh, but it never topped off for me. Uh, I don't know. I don't know if it had the upside of a or the great moment for it to be a nine out of ten. So I'm gonna go eight out of ten. Uh, I'll give it an eight point five. I thought it was a very good movie. I enjoyed it a lot. It was super fun. Um, I mean, it wasn't perfect, um, but it was very, very good. I very, very much enjoyed it, and I look forward to seeing it again. Well, I share the same score. I go eight out of eight point five out of ten. Um, I, to me, like I, I kind of the reason why Kendall says why it's not getting a nine for me. Like I, I agree that it didn't have that like epic moment that like made it just like crazy and like to me a nine's a classic, and it's this is short of that, but it's a very solid movie. It's so well done. It's so fun. Definitely deserves another sequel. Um, Marvel is just I mean they're just a juggernaut. No, no pun intended. With just like how many franchises they have now as a movie franchise. I mean, Ant-Man's movie franchise. That's just, like, to tell that to a comic book superhero fan, that, that like, if you told me that 15 years ago, I'd be like, what are you talking about? Ant-Man? Are you kidding me? And this is something that is going to get a trilogy, and it will be deservedly so. Uh, you have Ant-Man. You have Captain America. You have Iron Man. You have Spider-Man. You have Black Panther. You're going to have Captain Marvel. Uh, you have Thor. Like, you have Doctor Strange. Like, it's it's crazy how many franchises in themselves that they have and that they can combine them whenever they want to do an Avengers movie and just break every box office record they want to do. It's a stellar uh, job by by Kevin Feige and the crew, and they hit another home run again with uh, with uh, Ant-Man and the Wasp. So great job to everybody and well done. But let's continue now. You know who's the one loser in this who's Ant-Man stuff? Who's the loser? Kind of? Edgar Wright, man. This guy jumped off Ant-Man you know, quick and... Now yeah. Peyton Reed made a career out of himself. I know. Oh, this is Ant-Man franchise. So, uh... I think Edgar Wright, part Edgar of me Wright. wonders if he just lived, kind of lived off... Part of me wonders if he thought his name would be enough that 
he, he, can survive, he could survive this. I'm bigger than Marvel. Thing. I'm bigger <laughs> than this. And he made a, I agree, he made a terrible mistake. He should have just took that Marvel check, told them whatever the hell they wanted, done whatever the hell they told him to do, and then kept it moving. Because uh, maybe creatively, that's not what he would have wanted to do. But man, again, you're right. Peyton has now become a star because of these movies. And uh, he deserves everything he's gotten. So uh, shout out to him. He did a wonderful job on this. Uh, Ant-Man and the Wasp, the sequel to Ant-Man. Let's continue the show now. Let's talk about some of the news this week real quick. So let's first start off with some interesting details regarding the uh, Birds of Prey movie. So Margot Robbie has been talking a lot about this movie recently. She did an interview with Yahoo Movies in which she spoke about what she's looking for in this movie. She talked about the fact that she's hoping there will be a very diverse cast to Birds of Prey. Um, She had a very... Uh, very big helping hand in helping land uh, Kathy Yen as the uh, as the director of this movie, and and then she has some more details. The film be, uh, will, they will begin filming the project in January. Um, the movie will have a much smaller budget than other DCEU movies. Uh, Harley will have a new costume, and this will be uh, the movie she originally pitched was a rated R film, which I think is kind of. I saw that it was, we saw that before, or it's been, it was reported before, but I don't, I feel like it didn't get much press. It seems like that's been getting more press now uh, with this interview she did that uh, Birds of Prey is potentially really are. So uh, what do you guys make of some of these details of Birds of Prey? First stuff we kind of heard from it, um, it was been a very confusing situation as to where it stands next to a Harley Quinn Joker movie, next to a... Uh, Gotham City Sirens, whether that's happening, it's kind of all confusing. I mean, I'm glad we're getting some kind of confirmation news of, of anything DC related. Yeah. <laughs> so that's good news. Um, I mean, uh, I mean, this is very interesting. I mean, I'm glad she's trying to build some kind of hype for the movie. I'm glad the movie's rated R. Um, I think that will. Um, I don't know. I just I, I'm glad the movie is rated R. I feel like this is a movie that can definitely work being rated R. Um, so and I mean these are Batman characters we're talking about. So I think I think you can do rated R with these characters for sure. Um, uh, as for the movie being uh, as for the movie um, starting its actual production soon, yeah. Um, I'm glad. I'm wondering how, where Birds of Prey is going to land in the timeline now. Um, you kind of hope that, as you guys have said many times before, we get some kind of timeline during Comic-Con in a few weeks. Um, so, I mean, we'll see if that happens. I don't think it's going to happen, but we'll see if that happens. Um, but, yeah, hopefully, hopefully we get more details about this and other projects during Comic-Con as well. But I feel good. I feel... Uh, I don't know. I guess I feel, I feel a little better just in general about this because I'm glad we're getting details. Mm-hmm. You never feel good about this stuff when you don't know what the heck is going on. So, yeah, I'm I'm liking what I'm here. Keno, what do you think of uh, some of these things you're hearing from uh, Birds of Prey? Is this something you want to talk about on this show? Well, one, I, I thought it was interesting how, like, they had asked her, you know, you know what, you know, can you shed some light on what your costume is going to be like? And she was like, no, because they haven't even designed it yet. I was like, I don't know, man. That was a little weird. I was like, yo, if we're supposed to be getting this movie 
you know, they they've been planning this movie out for a while now. They they haven't even come up with a concept for the for what she's gonna look like. I mean, I guess it may not take them that long to come up with a concept, but um, I don't know. Uh, that, that was that was something that maybe questioned the uh, the timetable or the timeline for this movie. But um, I don't know. You know, the fact that they I, I thought it was interesting that she mentioned that we're gonna have a diverse cast. That makes me wonder if they're going to change some of the origins uh, or history of some of these characters. Mm-hmm. Or if they're going to change the group of characters that maybe we assumed were going to be in it. You know, what I mean by that is obviously, I mean, they could, I mean, Batgirl, they could change the race of Batgirl if they wanted to. It's possible. They could, Batman, Lego Batman movie did it. Did they? I don't even, I don't even Yeah, remember. Rosario Dawson. It was the was a person of color in... Oh, like voicing her. Yeah. Oh, well, yeah. Well, the character also was obviously not white. Oh, I don't even remember. Oh, really? Lego Batman. <laughs> Everyone's on breaking news, everybody. Oh, yeah. that was, I mean, I, she was obviously not white. I, I don't know what... I don't know if I, they were I, trying I, to say I, she was Latino or she I was black. Yeah, um, but I, I, she I, was I, obviously I, not white. And, I mean, they changed a lot with that. I mean, she was similar. He's the Batman. Batman was in love with her. There was a lot of different things happening in the Lego Batman movie. but And obviously it was voiced by Rosario Dawson's that also suggests that one character is not white. Though right. that doesn't necessarily mean that's the case. Yeah, but... um, But yeah, I mean, Batgirl... Uh, who else? Um, I think a lot of people assumed Huntress was going to be in the movie. Like, you know, maybe and we had talked about Poison Ivy and Catwoman. Like, there are plenty of characters from the Gotham City Sirens movie. Um... So those characters could be changed up, or you could say to yourself, "Look, we're gonna add Vixen, you know, to 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 the group. We're gonna add Katana, who we saw in Suicide Squad, I believe." Yep. So like, they are they have uh, they have opportunities. They have they can be creative with this movie. Um, so that's something I found interesting was like they could go in a multitude of directions when it comes to having a diverse cast, but that seemed to be something they're going after. Uh, and the R rating, I feel like, is unnecessary only because it's a DCEU movie. And, like, Marvel's been consistent with its PG-13 ratings. And all the movies, while they they all feel the same, like, I don't feel like, oh, man, because they're all PG-13, they're all the same. You know, like, they've had some sort of depth. They've had some sort of difference. So, um, I don't know. Yeah, I would save the R rating for the ultimate cuts. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I I actually agree with you. I thought the 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 push for the R rating was a little a little weird to me. I didn't think that this was a movie I looked at and said can't R rating makes sense based on the characters, based on everyone involved. I don't see that. I mean, if we're talking about Black Canary, Huntress, apparently it's not going to be a Catwoman. Um, if you include a vixen, katana, someone maybe she's using a blade, so maybe I could see that. Uh, the villains, okay, a poison ivy, uh, Harley. I don't think you necessarily, I don't, none of these characters scream, I need R rating. So I'm not sure what that's about, honestly. It doesn't mean it can't be bad or great. I, or I just, part of me wonders if this is kind of Margot stuck in a vision that. That's just like her in her own head. Like, I wonder if this is something that's really been kind of broached amongst everyone, saying, "Does that really make sense to do it that way?" Uh, I don't mind it. I'm, 
I don't care. But I mean, I care in that if it's like stupid gratuitous violence or uh or gratuitous sexuality, that that would be dumb. Because you're just trying to make the R rating make sense. I hope they don't do that. Uh, but I, I but, but that was the only negative I took out of this news. I mean, I, I liked a lot of what I was hearing. Diverse cast makes sense in this day and age. Um, this lower budget. I think we've all been screaming for that with these DC movies. Like the fact that they're making the point to make this a, 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 a shorter budget, which means that uh, that actually makes it already make sense. Because if you do a shorter budget, then the money you may not make because you're making an R-rated movie, you kind of get back because you're not spending, you're not wasting millions and millions of dollars to make the movie in itself. So your your, your target gross isn't nearly as high, so that could be a reason why they're going also with the shorter budget. But I think from a movie standpoint, I mean, they've relied way too heavily on CGI. They relied way too heavily on making these grandiose, uh, 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 gray-hued movies over and over and over again, and it looks like they're going to do something different. So I'm all for that. And Harley Quinn getting a new costume... I'm all for that as well. I didn't think her costume in the last movie was that great. It wasn't bad, but it just, you know, it, it was something that she would wear. But I hope they maybe just do something a little more traditional with this next uh, next film. So I'm excited she's getting a new costume. I did not need her to wear that same thing she wore last time. I think it makes sense that she get a new costume. I just don't want to see her wearing the same thing, like, in general. Harley seems to be the kind of character that should almost have a new costume for every movie. Yeah, Harley Quinn has like a million costumes in her history, so uh, it makes sense. Um, I wouldn't go with the Batman the Animated Series. Well, she's worn it before. We saw on Suicide Squad. Yeah. That was a cool uh, It was a cool homage. That was a good Easter egg. Yeah, I wouldn't go with it for a full movie. Yeah. But, um... I mean, maybe you have some sort of, maybe you go middle, you know, maybe you have like a red and black color scheme. Yeah, or maybe you have that, the headpiece or something. I mean, what yeah. I envision them doing is something closer to what we saw in like Batman Arkham City, which is like the black and red color yeah, scheme, that's but probably sure. some kind of like midriff corset right, piece, right. Uh, you know, but that same theme of that. I think that's the costume that I, I would be surprised if we didn't see. Yeah, I agree with you, EJ. That's kind of what I'm picturing too. Mm-hmm. Something in red and black. Something, something like in the middle. Yeah. Between what we got in Suicide Squad and what we got in Batman the Animated Series. Are we thumbs up or thumbs down on this? Uh, on this news. I'm thumbs up. Thumbs up for the most part. Yeah, most of it was good. I did the radar thing was the only thing I kind of I raised my eyebrows about. I'm a little. Uh, the only thing I'm a little worried about was the whole. We don't know what the costume looks like yet. It's a little weird. Yeah, I'm not gonna panic. But like, yeah, I'm not in panic mode about that. Yeah, you know, movie's still far off. <laughs> you know, it's like just as long as they start production, that's all I worry about. And it's, I mean, January. I mean, it's what is it? July. I mean, that's it's a July. long time. It's coming out January of. You, you know, they start filming. They in start January. filming. Oh, okay, fair enough. Yeah. So it's filming in January. I mean, it's July. I'm sure they. I mean, as long as they're working on it, I'm sure yeah. they'll be fine. Uh, the fact that they, but she's confident they start filming in January makes me feel like this movie's probably further along than I thought. And it, it will be part of that slate if they do, in fact, release a slate. But this is kind of what we've been talking about with DC in, in, in terms of how they should be doing their media campaign. It should be officials telling you what's happening. Transparency. See how easy this was? Like, we all sat there. We know what's happening. We're all able to comment. Most of us like what they're saying. And then we move on. Like, this was only good. This only could have produced good press from DC. Why they feel the need to do these shadowy sources or telling random blogs things that are just getting the internet upset 
<laughs> why are they doing that? Like, they should be doing this. You should have producers on movies, actors on movies, directors on movies, updating the progress on these films, and then just leaving it at that. And I thought that this is a good, hopefully, a good step in the right direction if they continue to go this way. Someone argued maybe they couldn't say anything about anything else because they had nothing good to say. Maybe, like, the house really was on fire. But um, this uh, looks like it's going on the right track so far. So let's hope that they continue to do so. Let's move to the next story now, staying in D.C. in the movie universe. Let's talk about um, this so-called Nightwing project that Chris McKay is supposed to be heading. And we didn't know much about it, but we did get some interesting uh, words out of uh, actor... Um, what is his name? I can't remember his name. Louis Tan. Oh, Louis Tan. There we go. Uh... What's interesting is Tan was speaking to the hashtag show. Please, Shatterstar. In, uh, yes. Deadpool. Which, by the way, he said that Shatterstar w- might, be an X-Force. might be in the next X-Force movie. Don't know how that's going to happen. Well, I guess Deadpool, I guess, went back in time. Maybe he saved everyone. Yeah, maybe. Uh, that's the only thing I can think of. But Will we even get an X-Force movie? We'll see. <laughs> yeah, I know. He probably isn't. Kind of that hopefully not. Head. But Tan did talk about what he made of... Uh, uh, his discussions with DC recently, he's been linked to uh, the Nightwing character, and he admitted that he actually had talks with uh, DC executives and Chris McKay about Nightwing. He said, you know, there's nothing confirmed confirmed yet, but uh, that he is, he did have a talk to him. He said, quote, this is a project that uh, Chris McKay is still developing, and I sat down with DC with some of the executives at DC, and they're big fans. I'm a big fan, obviously. Uh, and then he went into the history that his, you know, his father worked on uh on on uh, the batman uh film that tim burton did in 1989 that's kind of how his father came to the united states and hence why tan is an actor now in the united states so uh kendall shamari chris tan uh lewis tan nightwing first of all the fact that they're doing nightwing i don't know if this was a casting call he didn't say that but it was they're doing some things with nightwing trying to find that character uh, he also noted that Chris McKay's looking for a martial artist. So there's that little bit of uh, information. What do you guys make of all this Nightwing stuff? Well, there's been a there's been a bit of a movement, from what I could tell, uh, for Warner Brothers to cast an Asian Nightwing. You know, I'm not sure where that's necessarily come from, um, but it's it's fine. You know, I mean, it's whatever. Uh, you know, obviously, Louis Tan, um, you know, he was in uh, Deadpool 2, like I mentioned. Um, so, I mean, I, I mean, I'm sure it could work. He's uh, it's definitely, I feel like, a little older. Um, but, I mean, Nightwing, I guess, is an adult hero at the same time. So, like, they'd be probably going for a little more of a veteran-type Nightwing. Um but does this mean, in fact, that we will get a Nightwing movie also? Because were these talks, like, a month ago? Were they three months ago? Because if they were three, four, five months ago, I mean, that movie might have been scrapped by now. But if they were last week, then this very well could be confirmation that uh, this movie is, in fact, coming out. So that's uh, that's all things to consider with this news. But, uh... But no, yeah, I mean, the fact that it's just confirmation that, you know, the fans, a lot of fans pushing for an Asian Nightwing, uh, Warner Brothers is in fact listening and taking that into consideration. Um, I mean, when it comes to that, I mean, Kendall, you know how I feel about, you know, the whole thing. It's the same thing with Iron Fist. 
fuel campaigning for Iron Fist to be Asian. Oh, yeah. I was some original Asian characters. Yeah, I was. Uh, well, that's one thing, yeah. I I was. I mean, you guys remember on the show, I was number one in the, the Iron Fist. I mean, I should be Asian, but I probably would have made him Asian if I were running the Marvel Netflix division. But uh, they didn't go that route. It, necessarily, it didn't necessarily work out for them, but um, not because they didn't make him Asian. But uh, Nightwing, I feel, is a little different. I mean, I don't know, but I don't know. I mean, you can continue that. Um, but yeah, uh, as for them like starting to, to do something for Nightwing, I mean, I think it's good um, that they're doing something with yeah. Nightwing. I mean, it kind of goes back to the same thing that I've repeated a million times, which is I wish we got something for Batman. I don't want to hear anything for these other people. I don't want to hear anything from Batman sidekick that ends up becoming his own superhero. Before we even know what's going on with Batman, like that just doesn't feel right. But um, you know, I mean, it is what it is. They're moving forward with this. This is how this, they're gonna do it right now. So you know, this is what they're gonna do. But um, but yeah, uh, this is very interesting. I mean, I guess I, I mean, I said it's the same thing with Iron Fist. I don't know how I feel about having an Asian. Uh, character replace this doesn't have to be asian it could be asian indian black whatever it doesn't matter what the race is just changing the race of a character in canon just for the sake of doing it i don't know how i feel about that say it's this and it's the same thing with even like mj in Mm spider-man you know just for the sake of doing it well i think that i would argue is different because this this mj is not mary jane i mean from what we see, well, yeah. From I mean, what we know, maybe yeah. she grows. In, I mean, I'm talking about even how she acts. I mean, she's right. she's not Mary Jane. There's nothing about her character. That's Didn't well, there were the rumors that she was going to be more like Mary Jane in this movie, right? Right. In the next movie, right. So we maybe she'll develop true. into that. But as of right now, the character we saw isn't Mary Jane right. anyway. Yeah. So that I almost understand more than oh yeah that's... this uh, in your eyes that like. This is more like you're just changing the race just to change the race, it seems. Yeah. Um but yeah, I don't know. It doesn't it doesn't feel right to me. It feels like um I don't know. It's just strange. I think I think that they would be better off just um adding a new character. Um Yeah, so I don't know. Yeah, I, I mean how I feel about Yeah, it. I, I mean I hear you on that for sure. Um there's been a lot of discussion about adding the diversity to these characters and um and a lot of it's about representation and uh in Hollywood Asian male representation is pretty much non existent. There's none. So it's always come from martial artists. Right. It's always become stereotypical, almost racist gently mm-hmm. uh, Jackie Chan. Right. They're doing the same types that you see in Hollywood. That those are the only Asian male really Ken Jong has kind of come in and he's really the the one guy who's broken the mold yeah of being a comedian right mm-hmm. so so and even he no disrespect to Ken Jong he's not like an A-list star or anything. yeah he's right I think you would say almost still upcoming or still kind of right. coming in the TV zone. landscape he's close to A-list right say. but he's he's still he hasn't I don't think he's reached his plateau is what I'm saying I yeah, think he's still enough. ascending right so no one's made it yet so I, I get DC's wanting to fill that obvious void that's there, 
I don't know, like, I, I, you talked about it, you both got talked about it. there's been this weird thing of, I don't want to say weird, but there's been this thing about why not making Dick Grayson Asian? Um, I mean, to me, I always say the same thing. Like, I, my criteria for doing any of this is always, is there anything about the character that's innately white or black or whatever that, that makes sense to say, we can change this and it really doesn't change anything? I, this is interesting because like this is a character I love, so I love Dick Grayson. So, but I would say no. I would say there's really nothing other than his name, like the Grayson name. Obviously, is not an Asian name. Other than his name, and I would argue. I mean, I don't know. I, I this would be maybe a history thing. I I don't. I'm not familiar with circuses being heavy in Asian cultures. That is not something I I'm familiar with. I could be dead wrong. Maybe they're plenty of Asian circuses that are a big thing, but that always seemed to there be... There are many circuses to begin with. That always seemed to be a European mm-hmm. or any, American yeah. thing. So the idea that this Asian family would be leading a circus now, honestly, is not impossible, but honestly, just, I think a character would seem a little different. A character with a backstory that would lend an Asian character better, I feel it would be Damian Wayne. Like, if you wanted to make a Absolutely, Robin, yeah. If you, if you decide sense. to say Talia is Asian, yeah, which that, that would make she sense. should be, really. Yeah, exactly. She's yeah. definitely Asian. Yeah, from what, Asia. What yeah. Asia is yeah. she? Is she more... Southeast. Uh, Southeast Asian or Asian, that's different. But yes, Damien Wayne, I totally agree. That is a character who... If you want to make him Asian, that would work fine and perfectly. It makes sense. N- to me, Nightwing doesn't make sense from his backstory, but at the same time, his backstory doesn't really lend itself to having to be a white person. Right. So you can kind of do whatever you want, I think, and probably get away with it. Um, but it is something that I think is is, is a discussion. I, I I think that my criteria, not to say that I'm right all the time or anything, but I feel like that criteria is a good way to, to kind of go by with these things. You know, if the character, I mean, you can't make Luke Cage, you know, Puerto Rican. Yeah. You just you just can't do it. Like it just would be, it just would be like, what is this? Like yeah, yeah, yeah. certain things you just can't do. You know, you know, so so. So I understand there are limitations, but if there are latitudes that you can kind of go and and you don't feel like you're drastically changing some iconic character, then I would say fine. Like to me, like like the MJ thing, like I said at the time, I'm gonna say it again. Like to me, MJ has a look to her that, to me, the look is iconic. So therefore, I wouldn't have changed it. But I'm not gonna go crazy that they did. I I just thought that all the characters changed. That's probably one of the people I wouldn't change because she's kind of known as this white redheaded girl is very like just like that's kind of who she's always been and she her look is very iconic so and very recognizable so i don't know if i would have changed that but i don't know if nightwing's look is something that's like oh like that guy couldn't be asian i, I can't say that i it would i don't know if i would change it but i think it lends itself in that avenue if i'm doing that venn diagram i think he would fit in as someone that could possibly be changed and i think it would still work fine uh what I will say is that, like, I definitely feel like Warner Brothers with this, they would also be the first to hit that market, you know, of, like, an Asian superhero. You know, like, as we saw with Black Panther, that was uh, a market. Now, Black Panther was a little different. It was the entire cast was black, and um, we had had black superheroes before, uh, but this one was done extremely well, obviously. But... You know, we haven't had, like, an Asian superhero almost at all. You know, besides, like, your your stereotypical martial artist type guy. So, um, 
if they did go with Nightwing and make him Asian, that's certainly a market. Like, when Disney comes out with the Mulan movie, that's going to do incredible. We just know it will, you know? But here's where... And it's very smart on Disney's part. And so Warner Brothers, I think, would be maybe... It would maybe behoove them to do that uh, from a business perspective. But, Sham, one of the pitfalls I see in that strategy is when you compare it to a Black Panther or even a Luke Cage or a Mulan or... Uh, I'll even throw Moana in that yeah. mix. The difference, though, is those stories are innately ethnic. Like, the Luke Cage story right. is ethnic. The Black Panther story is ethnic. Mulan is ethnic. Right. Moana is ethnic. Uh, Coco is ethnic. That's like, why I would have... There's, there's something... Yeah. When you say you're trying to get to that demographic, there's something about yeah. those <laughs> demographics that they drive to it because these are authentic... Tales that's why I would have that made. That's why I would have made Iron Fatigue. Right. I feel like that would have really. Whereas to galvanized me, this just looks like you're just changing. Like, I, like, look, maybe just the representation enough would be enough to make Asians be like, "Yo, I gotta go see Nightwing." But to me, like, what made those things the the cultural phenomenons that they became was because this was an authentic, real black or Latin or Mexican or Hawaiian Polynesian. Or, or like how Asian or Chinese story. People and are excited about a the... Nightwing story. Is not it's just unless you're just gonna make it Iron Fist with DC. Yeah, it's not gonna be that. Like how people are excited about the Dora the Explorer movie. Like because that that's a story that will likely be rooted in Latino culture. Um, what I what I'll say is that I feel like now I don't know I don't I don't believe I don't know for a fact but I don't believe Louis Tan is that actor but. I feel like if there was an actor that was that big of a star that was Asian, you could maybe get that type of, like, I don't know who that person Like, if Michael B. Jordan, like, he's that big now in the black community post-Black Panther, like, like I mean, Creed If 2- Michael B. Jordan was Nightwing, the black community was going to yeah, see it. They were, yeah. gonna, they were so, all going to, we were all going to see it. So I don't know if there's that, that Asian actor right now which is probably a problem in and of itself. Maybe Louis Tan could be that guy after Nightwing, but um, if there were that guy out there, uh, like if we could bring Bruce Lee back from the dead, like like that would get people to go see it. Certainly, regardless of regardless of the story of the movie. The thing is, they need opportunity. We're in a weird time, Sham, where we don't like it's so tough with trying to infuse the Asian representation because we just don't have much canon like with yeah. black heroes like we can say yo do a luke cage show yeah. do a black panther movie do a black Lightning you know show. do a black lightning show put falcon static. put falcon <laughs> in 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 captain america like there there may they may be uh they're bigger characters where you could show the representation we just don't we don't have any representation of like asian male superheroes that are you would think would be worth a movie i mean i think amadeus chose the guy that marvel still has to do we got Wong, and they yeah, made I Wong agree. a better character than he probably is in the in the comics. Um, but yeah, I think Amadeus show with the guy, Shamar. Yeah, I agree. I mean, gotta just take from whatever you got, you know. So, um, but if there's not enough, I say make more. And I know that they're starting to do that, try to do that, as we saw with the Hulk. Yeah, with the Hulk, yeah, the new Chinese Superman in the DC yeah, universe, and Chinese Superman. So they're trying to do these things. Um, but it's just, I guess it's not keeping up with, you know, what they're doing now in the in the movie universe. 
But I think you just make, ma- they should just make new characters. I think someone needs to just take that plunge and just make and, uh, a new character um, instead of you know uh, just changing the race of of um, old characters. And this, this is sort of in our lane, but not entirely in our lane. But they gotta gotta do the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles a little better, man. You know that would have certainly have a lot of Asian influences, but those movies were bad. Yeah. It had Megan Fox as the, as, as, the, as you know the lead, so they're rebooting uh, that too, right? I believe they are rebooting that. I, Why? I don't know. I don't know how they do that. I don't they, think they, they even just, need they a reboot. They just do sequel movie. Are right, we rebooting it now? It's like yeah, we just finished that movie. This just last came movie. out. It just came out. How are you gonna reboot something that just came out? It's like they they decided to reboot it while the joint was was on while the press they were, tour. Yeah, exactly. Right. It's crazy. Um, let's uh quickly though move to uh some Titans news. So we've been getting more and more news as the. Uh, uh, release of the DC Universe app gets closer. So we now know that Trigon has been casted officially. He is in the show. We know he's been casted, obviously. They're, they're, they could be done shooting by now. But uh, but Trigon is a, an official castless character in the show. He's played by a uh, Seamus Deaver, I want to say. I don't know how to pronounce his name. Sorry if I pronounced that name wrong. Uh, he played a detective in Castle. Never seen the show. Don't know anything about it. But he was in that show for as a regular and is known for that show. He also was in a full season, I believe, or at least a recurring character on General Hospital. So I cannot say much about this gentleman in terms of how he could do as Trigon. But now that Trigon is official in the movie announced, or excuse me, in the show announced, what do we make of that news? Um, and if you guys know anything about him, you could say something about him. I don't know about Mr. Gentleman. Uh, I do not know about him either. So I cannot comment on his acting ability um, but I am interested in Trigon being in Titans. Uh, I think that is good news. I also think it's good news because of apparent, the apparent dark tone that Titans is going to take. Oh, yeah, the rated R Titans. Yeah, the rated R Titans, TVMA Titans. <laughs> you know, like, I, I think it fits. You know, I think Trigon being Trigon being in, in that kind of story um, fits. So... So I think this is very good. Kendall. Yeah, I don't know. On Trigon, whenever I get whenever we get like a casting uh this late into the um this late in the game, I always feel like it's for really late in the season. Because I feel like if you were gonna show up in like the second episode, we would have gotten this a while back. Mm-hmm. So I get the sense that Trigon might even be a bigger factor in season two. And that this might be like a, either that or like he'll be teased throughout the whole season, and then he'll be the and he'll end up being the main villain going into uh, like the last episode, the last couple episodes. But um, I think this means that we'll get a bigger role from Trigon late in the season and going into season two of, Tri- of Titans. Uh, I hope you're wrong, like a Shadow King type thing. I I kind of hope you're wrong, and that's, I'm glad you brought up Shadow King. Because I don't think they should have revealed he's going to be on this show. If they're doing what you're saying they're going to do. Like, if he's going to be kind of like shadow. in the area, kind of a shadowy figure, and then eventually he's obviously like behind everything that happens, they got to fight him, then they should not have revealed that Trigon's on this show. I don't think it brings any more new fans. I think, only again, only these smart fans will like be very excited about Trigon. Maybe a little beyond that, because... That Teen Titans show went beyond just the carnival realm. There are a lot of fans of that show who now definitely know who Trigon is, but he's not an A-list, you know, DC character, DC villain, probably B-list, I would say, 
Um, he's not. I don't think he's someone that you put him in a cast list and you send it out to everyone that he's gonna get you ratings. So now, interestingly, if enough, you're saying that it's gonna be a late reveal potentially, which I tend to agree that they were doing it now, it's probably gonna be a late reveal. They shouldn't reveal this to the news. Go to go. Well, the no. what, what did they officially release this? Um, or reported. That's always when we you know bash them on like. Did they do this intentionally? Well, I think Fandom Wire is the one who has it. It's, a, it's an exclusive from them. Because what's interesting is that like he was re- he was like officially re- he was officially like reported to be in the cast in January. Yeah. So like that makes me think that like this is not supposed to be known. You know what I mean? Like similar to so you we- think Fandom Wire got a scoop here. I think they got a scoop. Like, I think, like, man, maybe they connected some dots. Um, I mean, I'm sure they got a scoop. I don't think they just looked at him. But, like, I don't think they're guessing that he's Trigon. Is Hopefully it? he's Trigon. <laughs> but uh, what I will say is, like, similar to how, remember, like, the whole uh, Daredevil thing where, like, we got news of who was playing Bullseye. And then when you go to the IMDB page, it says, like, he's playing an FBI agent. Right. And we're like, well, yes. This means that the FBI agent will end up being Bullseye, which may or may not have been a spoiler. Like, this might be a similar thing, where, like, like they may have announced this guy as part of the cast really early on. Maybe he's playing somebody else. Maybe we're not supposed to know he's Trigon. You know, because remember, Trigon's like a demon character, but you're not going to make him eight foot for 13 <laughs> episodes. Yeah, so it may not be for one episode. Yeah, exactly. You may not even have him eight foot uh, at all. So, like, or 20 foot, uh... So maybe this is a deal where like Trigon is another character similar to Shadow King in another form. Well, the way they worded it, the Phantom Wire said that they had learned that Dever will portray Trigon. How they learned that, I think the wording is interesting there. I get the sense that somebody, because now we're getting so close to the premiere and stuff, I think people have seen, seen it, it. Yeah. and people are talking and... Again, I won't say this is a spoiler, but I think, like, we're probably not supposed to know this. That would be interesting. I mean, if that's the case, the DC can't really control that. That would be unfortunate. If it's not, and this is just them source reporting, putting stuff out there to get people to get eyeballs, this is dumb. They should. I think if this. the show is good enough, I don't think it's going to matter. I think it will. I think that if, 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 I, if, it's, if, they, if they do as good a job, this is a huge step here but they do as good a job as legion did with shadow king that yeah it's gonna affect me that i'm watching the show and i'm I'm waiting for this turn to happen and it happens it's gonna be different than if i didn't know anything and you're like yo trigon's on this show what was good about like trigon being in titans is there's nothing groundbreaking yeah i was gonna say i was i had no idea shadow king was gonna be shadow king like we nobody even guessed shadow i mean before titans even started i kind of half was expecting to try. We kind of hope, yeah. We're like at the very least be mentioned, if not in the show. Yeah, like Raven, once you say Raven's gonna be in the show, like Trigon's yeah. gotta play some sort of factor, right? Now, if he ends up being the big bad, that's and that may end up being the case. Like that, now it's like, all right, maybe we weren't supposed to know that, you know, which similar to Shadow King, but, um, and that's sort of what this sounds like when we get this late in the game. We haven't heard anything about Brother Blood, even though the whole mysterious cult that. You know, they hinted at Maeve, hinted at Brother Blood. We've heard nothing about Deathstroke. 
all we've heard about with our Jason Todd and Trigon. That seems to be the way they're going with this. But clearly, they've had a little trouble keeping things under wraps compared to what Legion did with Shadow King. Because no one had any clue Shadow King was the man in the man, devil with the yellow eyes until it was revealed. Um, speaking on the last topic of the day, uh, it's confirmed now that we'll be seeing Samuel Jackson's Nick Fury and Clark Gregg's Agent Coulson 25 years earlier digitally de-aged. So this news was broken by Kevin Feige, who talking about uh, the process said um, that, of course, I think having the technology, even not spoiling anything, Sam Jackson is shooting a movie for us right now that takes... Uh, that takes where he's entirely 25 years younger the whole movie. Um, he then adds on Ann Coulson, so they'll be the first one where as a character for the whole movie as opposed to a glimpse at a certain period of time. It's a whole movie of uh, them being, you know, a younger age than they are currently. Uh, so it's possible, assuming that works, is a pos- it's possible. It's very good when you are uh, starting, by the way, with someone like Michelle Pfeiffer or Michael uh, Douglas, or for that matter, Samuel Jackson and Clark Gregg. So when you mention Pfeiffer and Douglas, that points to oh, you're doing the digitally aged thing because I guess that's a confirmation because he's using those examples as we just saw in uh, Ant Man and the Wasp, and then we saw in Ant Man they digitally aged Michael Douglas and Pfeiffer to make them look look younger. Uh, they both were done extremely well, so I think that's the big question here: is can this effectively work? I mean, I don't know how much it costs. I don't know what the the, the digital toll is to doing it, but Disney's got the money. Well, I mean, <laughs> you say that. I would say Warner Bros. got the money, but we saw what Superman's face looked like. So, I, I can't I can't just jump to that conclusion after what I saw. That was that, yeah, that was tough. Only because of uh, you know the whole uh, scheduling conflict yeah. and you know with right they didn't Mission intend Impossible. to have to do that. Yeah. So I get that but still like that was a touch up that was a touch job so i mean they'll have more time to make this work but i mean that's something that's like kevin feige is saying that's never i've never seen that done before where you take an old character and then make them look much younger and they're playing the whole time like this character i don't know what they're wearing some kind of facial uh you know you know motion capture that's gonna make that work i don't know how they did it for pfeiffer and uh and 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 douglas make it look so well but what did you make of of this idea that felt that Michelle Pfeiffer didn't look that great. As I thought she looked amazing. Younger or yeah, old? younger. Oh, I thought old. She looks amazing for it. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. But I thought like she looked kind of like how she does now. I think like because we've seen right. her as Catwoman. So I, like I right. thought like oh am I gonna see the same person I saw Whoa. in Batman? I'm not gonna say what I was gonna say. Yeah, don't get fired, DJ. Yeah, I, know, um, I know where you're going. But but, but I, I what I will say <laughs> is she clearly was going for a different look in Catwoman, right? As Catwoman right. than she was as Janet. She's, she's different from now, twenty years, 20 ago. years ago. Oh, yeah. right? But well, I mean, those characters are like yeah, going for different looks. Oh, different I see what you're saying. Okay. Like they're going for different looks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. she's not gonna look like she looks like in, in, Bat- yeah. in Batman Returns, right? Because for obvious reasons, right? So that's, that's all I'm gonna say. I'm not getting fired on this podcast. There you go. You run things, man. <laughs> but he, I'm going to fire myself, I guess. Yeah, yeah. But uh, but no. So that that was the only thing that where I was like, I don't know. It's kind of I don't know if this looks like. But what I will say, younger, it looks like old Michelle Pfeiffer younger. You know what I mean? 
what I will say, I do think they, I do think that Douglas looked more like his younger self. Yeah, Douglas was, in, was incredible. Yeah, I, I agree with that. I now that may be for other that. reasons, like you mentioned, but and it could just be they get, had a shot at it, like they did it the first time, so they perfected it the yeah. next time. Whereas this is their first crack at Michelle Pfeiffer, right? But yeah. this is their first crack at Sam Jackson and Clark Gregg, and they're doing it for a whole movie. All right. That yeah. was for three minutes, two minutes, however long it was in these last two movies. Yeah. I have complete faith that they can pull this off. I mean, I think that they can, I definitely think they can do this. I mean, I've seen it, I mean, I've seen it done uh, not so well um, a few times in with what Lucasfilm tried to do with Tarkin and with Leia. Can't do that, man. Yeah, they can't do can't that. Do Though that. those are those are those, <laughs> those are like Xbox, Xbox three sixty, yeah. PS two like, graphics. Yeah, PS two. Yeah, those are not good. Those are completely CGI though. <laughs> so that's so that's different. Here they actually have the people, you know, there to to model. Yeah, you know, so so yeah, that's that's a little different. It, it was funny you mentioned Lucasfilm because I was gonna go with a Lucasfilm reference, but I wasn't thinking. Of, I was <laughs> I wasn't thinking of that. I was funny, <laughs> but I was thinking of. Uh, Man, if we have this kind of technology, maybe we can get that Luke Skywalker movie, man. Like, you know, get Mark Hamill. Well, we already got Sebastian Stan. Well, <laughs> well, yeah, exactly. We don't even need Mark Hamill. We got Sebastian Stan. But <laughs> get that Luke Skywalker movie. But, yo, yeah, we get uh, Mark Hamill in the... Uh... Oh, why, why couldn't we have gotten Harrison Ford to do Solo, man? Why do we need Olin Iron? Right? I mean... That's what I was going to say. Like, I think that if there's anyone... The biggest winner out of this is all of the older actors. Yeah. Because, I mean, if they could... Schwarzenegger could play Terminator. Yeah, he'd be again. Terminator. I mean, they they really <laughs> yeah. could do this because I don't know if you guys didn't, saw. Didn't they do that kind? of? Yeah, I feel like they, they did, did do Genesis? They did that in uh, Genesis. Was yeah, it, they, I think they did it in the one with Christian Bale too. Yeah, Salvation. Yeah, where at the oh, end yeah, he's yeah, like he's like a young Arnold and it looks awful, but it's like 2008 graphics. So right, right, right. Awful. <laughs> and I mean that it was nothing compared to what they've done in Ant Man, which is oh, yeah. revolutionary to me. The Iron Man also, or Civil War, I guess it was. Yeah. Civil Wars, Iron Man, the what they did, Robert Downey, yeah, was good yeah, too. that was crazy too. Yeah. So I mean, they they this is it's gonna be fascinating. I'm I'm curious to see how they could do it. I, I can't help but be a little concerned. This is a to me this looks this sounds like a huge task. Now, was, I mean, I if you've seen the set photos of Captain Marvel, we've seen Sam Jackson's got the hair going. Um, so like I imagine it will be like like Shamar said, like a total CGI thing, but we like. They'll do some touching up, but that may be necessary. Because I also think, like, you can't just have Clark Gehrig running around at 50 years old or whatever he is. And Sam Jackson at, like, 75 running out there trying to be, like, a 35-year-old. You know, that'd be tough to do. But if you kind of find a way to de-age him, that's, that seems like your best bet. Part of me is still thinking about Captain Marvel and wondering. It's, the, it's still going to be the question of all questions until we see this movie. Why did Nick Fury see people disintegrating and think I have to call Captain Marvel? We'll find out. We not, we didn't get the answer in Ant Man the Wasp. I I'm a little disappointed we, we didn't get nothing from Captain Marvel. But Marvel has done that in a lot of their movies. Like I remember, I think it was going into like I forgot. What, like it feels like going into every movie. I, I'm always thinking like, oh, we're gonna get like like what was the movie before Civil War? Uh, was it Guardians? Uh, I don't know. I don't remember what the movie was going into Civil War. But, like, I remember we didn't get any... I don't know if we got anything, like, big going into Civil War. And I was like, really? And, like, I think it was the same for, like... Like, Ragnarok 
we didn't get much for Infinity War, if I remember correctly. Yes. Um, and it was the same with Guardians 2. We didn't get much for Infinity War. So I, and I was disappointed. And I feel like that's kind of their theme is that, like, they don't really tease too much going into, like, the next movie. Um, like, they're not going to give us a whole lot for Captain Marvel until we see it, which is a little disappointing. But um, that's sort of what they decided to do. Um, yeah. Um, I think they want those movies to be their movies. Like, the yeah. one time where they made a superhero movie, a basically a prequel to an Avengers movie, it was their, maybe their worst movie, Iron Man 2. Iron Man 2. It was maybe their worst movie. One of their worst, yeah. I mean, Thor, Thor The Dark World was, uh, yeah, was yeah, awful. Yeah, no, I think, that's, it's, I it's think hard. that's their lowest. It's hard, it's hard to top. I was recently Thor looking at the Rotten Tomatoes. I think one of them got like a 60-something. I think they might, I think it was Thor The Dark World. Yeah. yeah that like, movie's worse like than Uncle 66%. Drew. 66%. Uncle yeah. Drew's certified. Uncle Drew's got it like a sixty-seven. Oh, that's pretty good. I gotta check out Uncle Drew. I, I got. So yeah, I, uh, I saw uh, <laughs> someone on Reddit was like, "No NBA player has ever had a higher career field goal percentage than Uncle Drew's Rotten Tomatoes." <laughs> that's serious. Super man. random, but um, the I, rap. Well, you I was gonna say no NBA player had a Rotten Tomatoes score, but <laughs> Uncle Drew probably. Oh no! Yeah, yeah no. Maybe no, the exception no. of a. Uh, Ray Allen, he's got game. Yeah, I got to see he got game. That was the one I never saw. I saw. You've never seen he no, got I've game? No, I've seen the oh. movie. I've seen it a million times. But I mean, I was going through, I was talking to our brother Henry about this. And I, was, I was going through a bunch of basketball movies and like Space Jam's at like 30-something percent. That's, like, that's outrageous. I know. A lot of them were outrageous. These, these com- Blue Chips were at like 30-something. movie critics, like when you give a cartoon movie <laughs> a 30-something, like what the hell is wrong? <laughs> I'm, I'm just going to call you Unless out. it's like the Emoji movie. Yeah. Like, unless it's really like, bad. You, like I watched it as an adult and I'm like, yo, this movie's mad funny. Like, it's it, fun. It, it's like, and like the jokes in it are really good too. I'm like, <laughs> yeah. what adult watched this and was like, this is trash. Yeah. I'm sorry. I, I saw that, and I, I they probably look at it like well, Michael Jordan's acting. In the movie is so underwhelming. I'm like, <laughs> like, are you kidding me? It's called Space Jam. Yeah, exactly. The rap EJ and Shamari came out with a list uh, yesterday, I believe, ranking every Marvel movie ever. Oh, so they just did that all fifty-two. End. Not even Marvel Studios. Any all Marvel movies ever. Fifty-two movies. Wow. What? So does that include like Spider-Man? Yeah. Yeah. yeah everything. And like X-Men, I guess. Yeah. yeah okay. Yeah. Howard the Duck. <laughs> Logan. Logan. What do you guys think was last, and what do you guys think was first? That's going to be my guess. Uh, it's both movies that we've all, seen. We have all these movies come out? Yeah. Yeah. Ant-Man and the Wasp was on the list. Um, no, I mean, the, way, the reason why I say this is because there not there like an, a terrible Fantastic Four movie? Like in the I, I don't think I don't think that was on the list. Okay, I, I, think, I, think, I think that's... It was and a there, weird one. And there's a Captain America movie where like the Red Skull is like Russian. I don't think that's on the list. Okay. I, so I think they're talking that's about why like, I wanted to movies see. that were really okay. out. Um, there were some weird movies I've never seen. The, on the worst list. one? I, I'm going to go Electra for the worst Close, one. Close, EJ. Electra is 50 out of 52. Oh, man. I was like, okay, what, do you, what do you got? What's your guess, Shamar? That's a good guess. I don't know if I got a better one. Um, There's some bad ones, man. Uh, probably some bad ones. Um, this is tough, man. I mean, I know for me personally, that Fantastic Four, that's like the worst, that's yeah, one of the worst I'll, movies I'll, I've seen. Which I mean, one? you still haven't seen the second half. The, 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 the second one, right? Yeah. Oh, the second Yeah, reboot, the, the reboot. Whatever. The, the other the dimensional reboot. The 2015 Fantastic Four was 48. 52, All right. Shamari. Hey, we were in the ballpark. Was yeah. Fantastic Four, Rise of the Silver Surfer. Really? That was the worst one. 
I don't agree with that. I don't agree with that at all. That I movie awful. That movie was that movie, trash. That movie terrible. But it's not worse. Like, it's not worse than that other Fantastic <laughs> I've never even seen Electra. I know Electra's worse. <laughs> yeah, I've never seen Electra. And uh, 51 was X-Men Origins. What do you guys think was number one real quick? Uh, I'm going to say they put Logan. Logan was That is correct. Logan yeah. was number one. Yeah. Uh, this list is not very good. I'll be honest with you. Are you saying it's not good because they made Logan number one? Or no, no, no. Logan good? number one is fine. There was just some weird, uh, like they had like X Men Apocalypse was thirty, but like X Two was thirty two. That's that's outrageous. Are you kidding me? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and Amazing Spider Man Two is like thirty five. So I'm like, how are we putting X Two? Yo, X Two continues to be the most criminally underrated. They got the Incredible Hulk at thirty seven. Uh, but, you know, the Shrek Hulk movie is 19. The what? <laughs> oh. Shrek. Fake Shrek. Who, wait, who did this? The rap. You know, Umberto Gonzalez. And yeah. People. What? Yo, who made this list? Yo, <laughs> the I'm sorry. I got to know who, who's, who's the, who's wants the, the author. author. We got we to gotta put them out on blast, man. I'm sorry. I don't <laughs> like right. to normally do one, that. One more. The, the Wolverine is 18. And X-Men Day Future Past is 17. Uh, Avengers is 16. I don't know how. Are you kidding me? I literally, like, I know we're not on video, so you guys don't know. I literally just jumped when you just said Avengers is only one spot ahead of X Men Days of Future Past and two spots ahead of The Wolverine? Yeah. Yeah. All right. And three spots it. ahead of Hulk. All right, we got to do 2003 it. 2003 Hulk. Ang <laughs> Lee. We got to put it out. Who, All right, who's who, the author? Who's author? Phil this? Owen. Phil Owen, EJ from The Rap. Phil Owen. We got to get him on the show. I kind of, I'm kind of tempted try to reach out to him and get him on the show next week. Talk about this list, man. I'm kind of tempted because that there's a lot of things we talk about with that list. Yeah, I don't know, man. Iron Man's only 28. The first Iron Man. Right. I might have to make a phone call. Make a phone call to Mr. Phil Owen. We haven't gotten any guests on this show, I don't think. How's it making Spider-Man 2 ahead of Thor? I mean, that's just... He's in Spider-Man. Oh, my Thor God. Spider-Man a... 2 should be very far down. I mean, Thor is not... I don't, I don't love Thor, but... I, I'm they a, had I, I mean, Spider-Man like two ahead of X Men. X Men is thirty eight. Oh my god! The original X Men. I mean, I don't know. Look, shout out to Phil Owen. Uh, I'm sure he's a great writer. I have no malice to him at all. We're just having fun with this list. I, I I don't know how old he is. Part of me is wondering if he's very young. But then it's weird is that he's putting like like that Hulk movie in two thousand three was like terrible. So why is that higher? But it seems to me like the older movies aren't getting much love, and that like some of the more recent movies, like I feel like to be honest, I feel like the way he's listing this list, it's like I feel like you would not how you would list it because you watch these movies, but like how someone your age would list these movies, like someone your age who yeah, grew up in this may say, oh, I really liked Spider Man Two, I mean Spider Man Two, and like oh, if I watch the X movie now, it looks mad old and dated. But it's like then why why would you put you can't, the Hulk movie? In but that's 19. the thing. There's some things that don't make sense. Like the Hulk in 19 is outrageous. It's outrageous <laughs> on any in any there's on any objective uh, looking at it. How could you possibly say that's a top 20 Marvel where, movie? Where do you guys think Iron Man three is? Uh, I have no idea. I mean, it's, that, it's, so it's 52 numbers, so yeah, yeah. So it's kind of a random. Just throw out, throw out, a, throw out a guess where uh, you might 30? guess it. I'll go, I'll go 23. Seven number. Seven? <laughs> this one feels like satire. Hey, what, what's the top ten? I can now. Oh, I well, I'll, I'll read his blurb for Iron okay. Man three, just so you because he has blurb for each of these movies. For Iron Man three, he says, "As far as I'm concerned, this is the Iron Man movie." 
somehow Shane Black was able to infiltrate the MCU and make a legitimate Shane Black movie with all the wit and raw humanity you'd expect from him. It carries exactly the sort of authorial identity we should want from all movies, all these movies have. Right. He's very much a fan, of, mean, Iron a Man fan 3. of Iron Man 3. I didn't hate Iron Man 3. I mean, I didn't so think it was, not... it was not a trash movie. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, so this is kind of the top 10 superhero movie. Or Marvel movie. Yeah, at least Marvel movie. Probably superhero movie of all time. Top 15 probably superhero That's movie of all time. crazy. That's crazy. That's all I can say about that. I mean, what is... Now, his... this definitely feels like his opinion. Like, I don't think he's going by the general... Clearly, he's not going by the general consensus. He's so going that's, by so that's almost why I feel like when a thing. website does that, it should almost always be a collaborative effort. Again, shout out to the yeah, rap. No disrespect. We talk about their stories all the time, so we love them. But I'm we're just having fun with like the they put it out as almost like their list, but it's that's clearly thing, his though. list. Yeah, because like I, this is not an objective list. I'm sorry, Phil, but Hulk at number 19, whatever yeah. it was, Iron Man three number seven. What's this? I gotta see this top ten now. Cause now All right, I'm so yeah, very curious. See, I can't really rap. See, I will say. I mean, besides Iron Man three, the rest of the movies in the top ten. You got uh, Ant Man and the Wasp at number ten. Um, wow, even that's high to me. But yeah. it was a really good movie. Yeah, it was a good okay, movie. Good whatever. Movie. Um, nine, you have Doctor Strange. Eight, you have Spider Man two. Seven, you got Iron Man three. Six, you have Ragnarok. Five, Civil War. Four, Black Panther. Three, Infinity War. Two, Winter Soldier. One, Logan. Most of the movies besides Iron Man 3, I believe, yeah, are yeah. very good movies. I mean, I think Doctor Strange might be a little high, but, I mean, I like that movie as well. But see, again, it kind of speaks, it yells to me, Prisoner of the Moment. Like, I agree. There's no way you could put Avengers 16 and put all those other Marvel movies in. That's, our, yeah, like, that's, that's outrageous. That's, 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 that's not that's, the, I don't think Ant-Man Avengers and the Wasp is, is better than Avengers. <laughs> <laughs> Come on. <laughs> I mean, I like the Ant-Man and the Wasp a lot. That's, yeah. That's, I don't know. I feel that's someone that didn't live through a lot of that stuff to do that list. I mean, like, to me, for Avengers to me, story, clearly you couldn't have lived mess. through that Hulk movie. You couldn't have lived through. He's an older guy. Avengers. Uh, he's yeah. an older guy. Yeah. Like he's not. He's he's older than all of us. That's he's got to be in his thirties. Wow. I would love to sit down and talk about how he got to that list. I may have to tweet him and see if he would talk to us. Our chances are probably infantile, but who knows? Yeah, clearly this guy loves that Hulk movie, man. I'm reading his book. Yo, there. when? Oh, yo, we gonna do this thing where we do. The recaps of these yeah, we, superhero yeah, yeah. movies. Yeah, maybe this list will inspire us. Maybe man. this is an inspiration we need. Maybe we'll maybe we'll do this soon because we. I mean, we don't got that much left of the summer yeah, movies. You, you, gotta, you gotta sit down and watch that Fantastic Four movie. Then <laughs> you gotta see. Yeah. Then you'd be like, yeah, that has to be. Fantastic. We'll talk about it, but hopefully, maybe we'll, soon we'll very much start that that list. I do want to do that. I think we also gotta do our. By the uh, way, what I'm talking about is we've been teasing doing this movie series where we. Uh, you know, quickly recap a movie we saw every week for the summer. We teased it the last two summers and haven't done it. Uh, and I, I think it'd still be really cool to do. That was what I was teasing, by the way. Yeah, I was uh, going to say, we, say we, uh, we also got to do our, uh, well, we're going to have Jenny's coming out yep. at some point. Jenny's coming out this summer. But we got to do the, uh, the, uh, the, the Razzies. For, uh, well, we can't do the Razzies. The Razzies are a thing. We well, yeah, the Razzies for a superhero movie. You got to call it something else. <laughs> well, we got to call it something else in the Razzies. We'll probably be sued. Yeah. Because like, I'm not worried about being sued right now. I yeah, just wanna, exactly. I just want to do my idea. Yeah, but, uh, <laughs> um, you know, because we had I'll tell you Clifford DeVoe. I think of this, <laughs> I'm not going to front. I'm about to say, of, this, of all the years, this might be the this year. This might be the year it. to do it, man. Uh, we're going to celebrate what we saw this year. 
but I think there was a lot not to celebrate. I'm not gonna front with these superhero movies, superhero TV shows. Yeah. Though I have not finished Luke Cage, not finished Jessica Jones, haven't finished. Obviously, Cloak and Dagger still going on, I and mean, I have not finished uh, Legion or uh, Krypton. Krypton. So I wasn't very excited what I saw from Krypton <laughs> in the first episode, but there is more. There's a reason why we haven't finished. I know. <laughs> Honestly, yeah, that's probably why. Like, if I was felt better about it, I think I would have kept watching. Yeah, I mean, it gets better. Yeah, Shamari so, said. Yeah, Shamari, look, Shamari claimed that uh, uh, Brainiac is like you know a Jenny nominee type guy. So I like Brainiac. I'll take, I'll take Shamari by his word. Yeah, we may have two Brainiacs, I guess, uh, by the time it's all said and done. Because we have, I think, I think Brainiac is going to be a factor in Supergirl soon. Brainy Five or whatever. Well, no, regular Brainiac. He kind of teases it in Supergirl. Oh, you think Brainiac will be in Supergirl? Yes. The villain? Yes. Interesting. Yes. Whatever they tease at the end, the Red Daughter, I don't... We, we talked about Supergirl, too. I didn't even talk about this. I don't think that will be the main villain of the whole season. You think that's why... I they, think Brainiac will be the main villain of the whole season. You think that's why they put Brainiac on the squad? Yes. Interesting. Now, if they do that, then... Well, I'm because, gonna... like, Brainy says, like, my other... My cousin, my distant cousin, the other... AI as like is wreaking havoc and I can't go back otherwise I will die. Like that he tells Win that, which is why yeah. they're substituting them. Right. I assume Win will come back in the past and be like, yo, we can't stop this guy and it'll be Supergirl versus Brainiac. Wow. Scolding yeah, hot takes to end the show. Out of nowhere. <laughs> out of nowhere hot takes. Call me Randy Orton of hot takes. Uh, <laughs> that does it for this week's podcast. So thank you guys so much for listening in. Of course, this was our Ant Man the Wasp recap. Uh, review spoilers review be sure to check out all of our shows on new generation podcast network on soundcloud and itunes check us out on youtube new generation media where we already have uh one video up from last week when we did our sports talk podcast talking about lebron and demarcus cousins we'll be doing more of those podcast segments on youtube so you actually end up seeing probably a hero talk podcast segment up there very soon um check out all of our shows on the uh again new generation podcast network soundcloud and itunes youtube videos on new generation media follow us on twitter at new generation pod follow shamari on instagram and on snapchat at at mc sham 22 follow me on twitter at ej underscore stewart and on instagram at action ej that does it for now we'll be back next week with more hero talk for shamari for kendall on me jay peace